on the floor, and we're gonna bring you back a victory to Jackson. Yeah. Not the yard. What? What you say, not Chuck? <laughs> hey, you a plum fool, man. Hey, welcome to another live episode <laughs> of. We're the back. Right, Joe. <laughs> Chuck, you a plum fool, and as uh, our plum fool. Plum fool, as as we love to do every episode. Uh, hold up, you know, your whole <laughs> What, Chuck? You gonna win your whole dummy? You gonna be out of Alabama State? Chuck, you a plum fool. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Look, Too soon. <laughs> well, you know, some people don't want to talk about it, so I get it. You know. Between that and attendance issues, I mean, don't we don't want to talk about other people's problems. We got enough. We got enough stuff. We got enough stuff in our own house. We 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 messy. We messy. We we want to talk about theirs too. Exactly. Exactly. I I, I took pleasure. I took pleasure in that. I watched that game. Hey, that that that's what people can't understand. They can't understand because we just messy like that. Uh, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford. It's Kelvin Rozier and Marcus Green. Uh, good to be back with you. Uh, three days. Nope. Uh, yep, three days before the Rattlers invade Texas. the state of Texas, uh, where um, you know, it's it's sort of a bit of a historic trip. I'll get into a little bit later. Uh, how long it has actually been since FAMU has played another HBCU in Texas. Let me just tell you, uh, you know, I've got friends whose parents, you know, uh, ha have lived in Texas for, mm, for the, doing the math there, for over 50 years. And FAMU has never been to uh, their uh, into their state, so to speak. So it, it's been it's been over 50 years since FAMU has been to Texas. So a lot of excitement for the Rattlers coming to Houston to take on Texas Southern this uh, weekend. But uh, Kelvin, how'd you spend your bye week? How was your bye week over the weekend? Well, something happened. I think we lost Kelvin. I don't know. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely watching football, man. I watched okay. you got no, no, we got yeah, we got you. It's just a long delay there. Go ahead. We we got you. Hello, you there? Well, yeah, oh, man. Oh, I was I'm... just watching a lot of football. Oh man. Yeah. All right, all right. That's a lot of football. Um, Marcus, while while we wait on Kelvin to get his, how was your how was your bye weekend? You know what? Uh, got some stuff done. You know, because the Rattlers were on. I did catch a, a couple games, not full games, but I was keeping up with it to see see all these upsets. So you know, Coach Simmons was right on point. A lot of things that happened that across the college landscape that was like, ugh. Oh well, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, so we, we we need to be on high alert. Yeah, we we talked about the fact that there were three uh three in total across the HBCU landscape, there were 14 schools ahead of homecomings and six 
six of them lost, including three in the SWAC. Uh, Jackson State, of course. Um, then you had Bethune Cookman. I don't know who Rattler Nation takes more more joy in uh, the Jackson State losing their homecoming or Bethune Cookman. I, I, that's that's a toss up. I mean, we're a little we're a little messy, Marcus. I don't know which one we took more joy in, uh, but you know that's you know that that's the social media stuff. And mm-hmm. then uh, there was the other one who, oh my God, why can't I think of the other one right off the top of my head? Um, Kelvin is back. Who's the who's the third SWAC team to to lose homecoming besides Jackson State and Bethune? Homecoming? Yeah, there was three. Oh my God, we did this on the show Sunday. I, I, so I, I know. T- I know Tuskegee lost theirs. Well, yeah, orders. you had yeah Tuskegee oh, lost. Oh, start, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Grambling. It was Grambling. So Grambling in, in big time fashion to Alabama A and M on a day or a night when they uh, dedicated their field to Shaq uh, uh, Harris and Doug yeah. Williams. So that's uh, ooh. don't don't trust the swag, Wes. I told you. <laughs> I tried to warn you. <laughs> well, hey, look. Now we get we got to play the West in the next two weeks. So, uh, you know, we that's who we got. We got the Texas schools, Texas Southern this week, and uh, next week for homecoming, Prairie View A and M. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll six. So this week, this weekend, there are fifteen schools on homecoming, and that's the largest. Obviously, this past Saturday and this Saturday, the two largest weekends I believe on the calendar in terms of HBCU. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, so far, there's been at least I, – I would say there's probably about five schools that might get upset this weekend. That's kind of how it's how it's been rolling of late. Mm. Uh, so any any other football games you watch over the weekend? I mean, you said you watch a lot of football, Kelvin. Anything that kind of caught your eye from the weekend? Well, you mentioned the homecoming games. And then even at the uh... – uh, power five level there was some very interesting outcomes also and i, I think the the most interesting one for me to over the weekend was watching um a 29-0 lead disappear Ooh, and colorado uh, yeah. yes 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 yeah, was, yeah that was i didn't even i didn't even watch <laughs> that game until it was late until i just happened to see something trending on twitter and I'm like, oh, what am I watching? And then I still fell asleep on it. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty bad stuff over the weekend. So, uh, coming up, we're gonna do another round table talk. Uh, this time with our. Uh, hosts, our our litany of hosts that we have coming on from that cover FAMU from local to national. We've got uh, Allison Posey of WCTV, Rory Chirac of uh, the uh, uh, Chirac Media Group, uh, Rattler Review Podcast. Of course, we got uh, Gerald Thomas, GT3 from the Democrat, and then we have uh, Zach McKinnell of the Blue Bloods are, are now uh, FCS Football Central as he's uh, joined up with the uh, the uh, 
uh, FCS uh, Fans Nation site, I believe that's what it's called. So uh, good roundtable talk coming up at the bottom of hour one here and then going into the top of hour two. So we're going to give out some midseason grades, some midseason analysis. So uh, all of you in the chat room, make sure you get your notebooks out, get your grading books together. And uh, let's uh, let's be thinking about some of the best and worst that we've seen. Biggest surprises, biggest disappointments. Get your grades together for your offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, and and uh, you kind of see how you guys match up with uh, what we come up with as well. Before we get into the Rattler Roundup, let's get into uh, saying hello to a few people who checked in early. Uh, Kenneth Rosier, first one in the building. You know, what like – just like family, huh? Family stepping in, <laughs> stepping in early. Before the, light, before the lights are even on, he's already in there. Uh, Bull coming Bull. in. March, I, I, I'm wondering, is that does that mean, is he asking whether the Marching 100 is coming to Texas? I don't think they are. The answer is no. <laughs> y'all don't want us, y'all don't want us to get into that topic, do you? Do you? No, no, we got too much going on right okay. now. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, we let y'all talk about that in the chat room, though. If y'all want to discuss that, feel free. Have at it. Uh, Melissa Wilson jumping in. Duh! Good to see you, Melissa, stepping in. Tamara T, coming in. Good evening to you. Good to see no you. No cackalacky. What's up? Coach Rossi coming in, checking us out. Coach Rossi, make sure you guys... Check out Coach on uh, part of our Sunday show that we do right now during football season on the BCSM Sports Wrap every Sunday night, 6 to 8 Eastern at Coach Ferrasi is where you can find him. Great, great talk. Uh, who knows? You know, all these all these hot seat coaches out here. Who knows? We might have a, a future coach on uh, part of our part of our show. That's, you know, who knows? All these jobs out there. We'll see I, don't, what I don't know if you want to go to St. Augustine, though, Coach. <laughs> yeah. You'll be practicing on concrete. Hey, look, boy, that story came out. I was like, ooh, that's horrible, man. You got folks. Mm. Yeah, boy. Uh, what up, Tony? Good to see you, brother. Duh. Uh-huh. B Starks already checking in. Appreciate you with the tip. What's up, B Starks? Info. Mary305, always good to see you. Hey, Mary. <laughs> hey, Matt, coming in. Homecoming. Meredith coming in. Good to see you, Meredith. What's up, Meredith? Uh, let's see. Who's this? Tammy Wheeler Garcia, Ken Garcia. The uh, California crew. Yeah, California fan. What up, California? California love. All right. Good to see y'all. Thanks for checking in. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joanne, there's another, some more California. We get to, picking up some folks from California. Thanks to the, uh, Garcia Musa family. All right. Appreciate y'all. All righty. Uh, let's see. Jimmy Matt comes in. Uh, Kel- yep, Kelvin, for your packing. So I know you got a pack. So uh, Jay Max said, "Don't forget the belt, snakeskin belt." Now, don't take that. Don't take that leather wood grain belt you got. Make sure you take the snakeskin belt. I, I got several several belts. Might <laughs> might bring some. Might bring some snakeskin boots. <laughs> oh, it it only be right. You're going to Texas, right? That's what they wear. I'm saying, yeah, you know. And leather cowboy hat. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. M Mac Webb. Everything in being. It's about forty on them rattlers. That's right. That's right. It's a it's a good time to go in and drop forty forty on somebody 
this weekend. Coming off the bye, fresh. Man, you about 40. <laughs> uh, Chuck Mark, Hunt checking Mark. in from. from I'm living in <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Hunt, good to see you. How's everybody doing in Louisiana? What's up, uh, Chuck? Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry about our homecoming last week, man. Yeah, we need more than a landline. We we got to get the high speed. We got to get the high speed going there in Tallahassee, Mike. We got to get the high speed going on. Good to good to have you checking in, Mike. You got to hit me up. Let me know if that. I I never heard back from you, Mike. You got to let me know. Hit me up. Text me. Let me know. I, I, before I I don't want to say anything out of turn. So uh, hit me up if you would. Uh, Kenya, how you doing? Kenya Sykes checking in. Good to see Marcus in the building. Uh, let's see. Anybody else in here? Got uh, Keith. Things up. Yeah. Podcast checking in. Ashton Harris checking in. Edwin Moore. Let me see. I get everybody. Did I get everybody? All right. I got everybody. I got everybody. Yeah. Uh huh. I appreciate you. Yeah. Everybody, thank you again for uh, watching last week's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show last week, of course, with Erica Musa. Uh, Jeremy's mom, and then of course we had uh, Cardell Thomas uh, and Leland Wilhoyt. Uh, great show! You can go and check those out um, on the show full stream. Even hey, check out—we even got now the um, OMG Strike Zone YouTube page. So we're gonna also, while oh, you're on the JBN page, you're gonna also start putting our content on the YouTube page. Uh, so that way, it'll make it a little bit easier for folks who after the fact, if you missed the live show, you can go directly and watch it there. Um, you know, it's, I, well, I'd love to, I'd love to get numbers everywhere, but you know, I, I'm, we're going to, the people have asked us. And so we obliged. The people said, Hey, we for the people. We for the people. <laughs> we for the people. Exactly. We give a damn. <laughs> Hashtag. We give a damn. For the people. All right. Let's get into a little – it's kind of odd that we we go through the Rattler Roundup without starting with football because there was no football. You know, coaches are doing recruiting. Guys are out on, you know, working a second job or, or, or uh, you know, I saw, saw a couple guys out on some boats out in South Florida. <laughs> so guys were really uh, enjoying the bye week. And uh, hopefully they come back refreshed. Uh, I've seen some good reports already from uh, – the folks like uh, Rory and uh, Gerald who, who were able to get to the practices on a daily and uh, seen some good videos. And uh, so it, it's good to see, but we're going to start with volleyball. Uh, the lady Rattlers, hold on, let me, hold on, let me, let me, let me get the graphics up. Anything you want to add in there while I, while I load up these, these graphics here real quick, fellas, anything you want to add about football? What is, what is that that you just did? <laughs> Hey, so man, everybody's we refreshed. Spiked, we, we spiked them pretty cats. <laughs> hey, on their homecoming, I didn't even realize it, but yeah, it was their homecoming and it was senior night. So we did them double dog dirty um, with uh, with not only knocking them out on senior night, but also their uh, on their homecoming uh, or not homecoming. Yeah, the homecoming senior night uh, defeated them 3-0. Uh, some of the game notes, uh, Caitlin Scroggins recorded a match high four aces. Isis Williams had a match high eight blocks. In total, FAMU served up five aces in just the three-set victory. 
that we had. Um, let's see. Brooklyn Watts finished with a match-high 12 kills. Brooke Hudson added a match-high 22 digs. And FAMU attackers were helped by a match-high 33 assists from, I'm just going to call it, future SWAC setter of the year, Camila De La Rosa. And uh, so I'm, I, you know, that uh, that excitement there uh, was high. Uh, any any thoughts you want to add on that uh, that volleyball match, guys? Anything you want to add in there? Uh, good tune up because we got one coming up Friday that's going to have some implications. Yes, indeed. Yes, it will, no doubt. Um, it was also a, a uh, you know, obviously with only one game, you're kind of wondering what the rest of the league is going to do and whether we will continue our streak of SWAC honors. And we did. That young lady right there, uh, Ayani Sanford, was named the SWAC Newcomer of the Week for the second consecutive week and third overall in which she's been the Newcomer of the Week. Um and you can see her right there alongside a few other Grambling Tigers. Uh, Sanford recorded a double-double or double-digit kills in 10, magic, 10 matches this season. Her 10-kill performance in the uh, victory at Bethune also highlighted a 421 hitting average to go alongside three assisted blocks. Uh, that courtesy of FAMUathletics.com. It was the eighth consecutive week, and there's only been eight weeks, that a Rattler has been named SWAC or has earned SWAC Player of the Week honors in some form or fashion. Uh, so, you know, congratulations there. And then, Marcus, as you just brought up, upcoming this week, big road trip to Alabama, huh? Yep, we're playing Alabama State, who's leading the leading the conference and undefeated. And we got a chance, hopefully, to avenge our loss. I think, believe we lost three sets to one when they came to tally when we opened up our, our SWAC play. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing, and as you can, those of you who are watching the show, you can see the SWAC standings. Uh, we're kind of sitting tied with Prairie View A&M, and Alabama State still has not lost. In in our in our time in the SWAC against Alabama State, there has been a trend in the games in which we have played them. Mm. Uh, overall, we are two and three, right? But we we've never won at home, and we've beaten them every year at their place. So yeah, and last year was epic because I remember oh watching God. that on YouTube. I think yeah. we were down two sets to nothing, and yes, we were came back, and that last set. Oh, I was like, oh, my gosh, are you joking me? I was sitting there on Sunday watching it like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, great question here from Edwin asking here. Let's see. Edwin asked, uh, did we go to watch volleyball games when we were in college? Uh, he said he was in the workforce and our team played across the street from our band room where he was uh, almost every day. Uh, do you recall going to volleyball games back in back in the day, guys? I don't know. I remember football. I remember going to see uh, basketball, men's and women's, but volleyball, I, I don't. 
I see you shaking your head, Kelvin. You went to a few? Towards the end. When I, the first three years, no. But we were really good. So, so yeah, I did catch a match here and there. Which year? Now, which year was now? When, when was this? Because I in the in the late nineties. Let me see. So I was there on campus, mid nineties, towards the late nineties. <clears throat> this was before. I think this was before the Coach Tony era. Um, era. It would have been, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we were okay, middle of the road. I mean, you know, I know a few very beautiful young ladies that were on the volleyball. <laughs> there you team. go. There you go. You 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 there now. Yeah. <laughs> Scoop and trying to yeah, scout out. You know, I well, I mean, look, I didn't I didn't realize it until I realized it. And I was like, oh, you on the volleyball team too? I was like, wow. Anyway, you know, still be stalking people on Facebook. Anyway, that's a, <laughs> did I, I said it out loud. I'm sorry. I catch myself. Uh but yes, no. So uh I but obviously, you know. We've got a we got a good team, and I and I think, you know, exposure helps. Winning helps. Winning championships helps. I'd love to hear from somebody from that era. I mean, obviously, you were in Tallahassee, Kelvin. You were very familiar with the Tony era, Coach Tony era, in that period when we were just super dominant. How were the crowds back then? Kind of like they are now. You know, it was hit and miss. You know, usually the volleyball games, you know, they were at times where, you know, you were competing against, say, the moon or uh, Elvon Guard or, <laughs> hey, the competition was, it was, it was still, buddy. It was still. Some, some TV show on BET. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard when you're a student and you got options. Um, I well, I just find that interesting because as I, I you know, I'm watching or just happen to have on TV some volleyball match involving two schools from the state of Texas. Uh, it's like a packed house, like six thousand people in the building. So, mm-hmm. um, I. I would love for us and, – and, you know, one thing I think I still maintain – what I would love to see done in the preseason is an opportunity for the best team – best volleyball teams. Like, I watch or I see us – I know Howard has a strong team. I think North Carolina a t has a strong team. I mean, we're all in different conferences, and there's no – we're not really playing each other, uh, even at Alabama State. But I'd love to see – four or five HBCUs get together early in the season and do a best of the best kind of invitational, even the D2 level. There's some strong D2 programs. And I think it would really help grow some excitement from that level. I mean, you can really build it up because you can say, Hey, we got the best from here and the best from here, you know, just, just something mm-hmm. to think about. Just or, you know, I like that idea. Yeah. And tied into it. If you think about how March madness, I don't know how prolific it is now, but when they first made that rule around March Madness, I'll say it's like 10, 15, 20 years ago or something like that, where people would, you know, for the great teams or even just as a hype thing, you know, at 1159, invite students and other people out to come get the team unveiled. And we've got a good volleyball team. I don't, I know we have a, a shortened practice session, but I don't know if there could be something like a, I don't know, like a March Madness type thing, maybe not at midnight, but like an open practice where you, reveal yes. the team and get it hyped up or something 
because we yeah. start so early. I mean, we started about the same week or maybe even a little before football. So I don't right. know how that coincides with the school schedule, but something to hype up the season to get people involved. And that's a great idea that you had in terms of like a, a t- early season tournament because we play in a lot of them, mm-hmm. but we haven't had one that was HBCU centric. Yes. Uh, and, and I love the idea of, you know, look, get the DJ in there, uh, invite the students out. I don't care if you got to give away free ice cream cones, you know, Dr. Robinson, whatever, put him out there giving away ice cream cones or whatever he does well um, when he's giving away <laughs> free stuff. And I mean, you know, just just find a way to really hype up the volleyball season and the volleyball and let people get to know you know, how fun and how uh, exciting uh, uh, these young ladies are and, and the style of ball that they, that they play. Yeah. Um, I think would really, would really help sell it and invite. And obviously you got to invite the local community, every volleyball team from every club team in the city of Tallahassee would have to come out. I mean, cause that's how you do it. You draw these young club teams and these high school teams out, man, that thing would blow up instantly. I think so. There you go. Another great idea from the ONG to our FAMU uh, marketing folks who we know are watching. Uh, Go ahead and make that happen uh, next season. Uh, (laughs) Let's go to golf. Let's talk about, uh, while we're in the roundup here, before we head out to our our roundtable talk, Coach Rice and the boys doing work. uh, Shot a 10 under on the second day of the SAS championship, D1 HBCU Invitational, to uh, walk away with a uh, win over schools like Alabama State, North Carolina Central, Prairie View, and defending SWAC champion Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, we shot. We were the only program to shoot under par at seven under. And then, of course, we had the top three scores. Uh, Patrick Jean-Pierre shot a four under. Marcus Taylor shot a two under. Patrick Walde Pole, I believe I said that right, was tied for third at one under. Jonathan Scott, yeah, well, tied for fifth (laughs) at even par. And then in 14th was Taylor Bell. And uh, for his efforts, just announced today, Patrick Jean-Pierre was the SWAT golfer of the week. So uh, shout out to uh, Patrick. And uh, let's see, the guys are... Next, or actually on Monday, they're in Kennesaw, up in Kennesaw. So those of you Rattlers up in Atlanta, the 2023 Pine Tree Intercollegiate. Now, one thing that I've seen from our golf team is that this is the second HBCU-level invitational. We finished second in the other one. We finished first in this one. We're, we're, we're doing well in those. Now the guys, they got to go in the non, when they play these non-HBCU golf programs, they got to perform on that level. They, they, I mean, that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? You know, golf is one of those sports that's hard to have consistency. You know, from week to week and course to course, man. That's a, that's a tough game, man. But, but yes, you are correct. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple other notes here. Want to make sure we mention bowling came out uh, from the Colonial Lanes. Uh, excuse me, from a invitational at Tulane University where they uh, opened their season in a uh, in a tournament out there in uh, Louisiana. 
Uh, overall, they went three and seven, but they finished 11th overall with an average of 177.7 um, out of, I believe there were 17 schools. Uh, so not bad. Uh, North Carolina a had the overall best average of a 210.3. Uh, Alabama State was the only SWAC school that finished better than us with an average of 189.5. We finished ahead of Southern. Texas Southern, Prairie View A&M, Jackson State, and Alabama A&M. So good start to the season uh, for for Coach. Uh, of course, you joined the show a few weeks ago. And uh, their next match is the Orlando Sunshine State Classic, October 27th and 29th. So those of you in the Orlando area, now that's homecoming weekend. So if you're not going to homecoming, Guess what? You need to be over there at the uh, bowling lanes. And then one last thing I got to mention, coming to Tallahassee on Monday, Monday the 23rd. That's right. Monday the 23rd. Somebody correct me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Monday, you got the 2023 SWAC championship, cross country men and women's championships. Uh, we'll be right in our backyard at the Appalachian Regional Park. Uh, the men. Nope. I wrote this down somewhere here. Who is it? The women start at 8 a.m. The men start at 9 a.m. So you can watch that live on the SWAC digital network. Uh, that'll be an interesting watch. I wonder if they're going to have the camera across the course or maybe just one camera in one spot. I was just wondering that. I don't know. Maybe they got some really, really healthy camera people and they'll be I, jogging along with them. Marcus, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That would be next level coverage right there. You got to have somebody who can kind of middle of the road runner, put a GoPro on them and be like, hey, I need you to kind of not necessarily be the rabbit, but be the like slow turtle and kind of be there middle of the pack. And then if you need to jump across to the other side, I don't know, just be creative. Yeah, I don't know. You can't be a middle of the road runner with those ladies. <laughs> no, you can't. You probably can't. Um, you volunteering? Come on, bro. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I think I can cover about maybe 10 yards, and then it's kind of like we're lucky if the camera's still stable after that. So, Well, I'll I'll do you by one yard. I'll do 11. Look, I'll take the first 10, and then you can get the next 11. There we go. And we got got at least 20 yards of coverage, uh, maybe from the starting line to the end. One of us can be at one and one at the other. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, that's going to do it for the Rattler Roundup. That's everything you need to know that's going on with our Rattler programs from this past weekend and what's ahead for them. Let's get ready to take our first break and come back with our roundtable talk as we bring in Zach, Allison, Rory, and Gerald. And let's get into talking about the uh, midpoint season for FAMU football and athletics. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in two. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Ryan Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Marcus Green. As you can see on the screen, we got a round table of folks here to join us tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and introduce folks. I just kind of, you know, I, I hit the buttons and I think it kind of worked out the way the way I wanted. Uh, we'll see how long this lasts. Um, if, if you see at the top of the screen, joining us is... Uh, Allison Posey of WCTV, right in Tallahassee. Um, Allison, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Allison has been on the show, so welcome back to the show. Uh, up in the top top right, it's almost like, what was that game show where you got people like in the top corner square? <laughs> up, up in the top right corner there, you got Zach McKinnell of the Blue Bloods, FCS.com, and now the FCS Football Central. Zach, how are you doing tonight? Man, appreciate you guys having me again, man. It's been a little while, but I'm glad to be back on the show with you guys. Yes, sir. Good to have you back. Of course, down at the bottom, bottom left of the screen, you got GT3, Gerald Thomas of the Tallahassee Democrat. How you doing, Gerald? Welcome back. Hey, what's happening, everybody? I appreciate y'all for having me tonight. Yes, sir. And uh, joining us uh, first time on the show, and uh, looks like we got just audio, but it's all good. We got Rory Sharrock <laughs> of the Rattler Review podcast and Sharrock media group. Rory, how you doing tonight? Good evening, everyone. I promise I'm here. I'm uh, trying to get the camera straight, but so glad <laughs> to be all y'all. 
It's all right. It's all right. You got that. You got that good, smooth voice. I'm a little jealous. You know, <laughs> normally I, I'm normally I'm the one that gets the voice, but uh, it's all good. Have you in the in the room, Rory? You know, good to have you here. All right. Uh, so we invited our roundtable of journalists who cover FAMU and FAMU athletics to join us tonight um, because it's a good time to kind of talk about FAMU, and we got a, a host of. Uh, different things that we're going to get to. So hopefully you guys in the chat room also feel free to uh, jump in there and uh, feel free to add in your comments as we go. All right. So let's kind of get going and, and we'll start with, uh, we'll kind of go around the horn uh, with uh, Allison to start and we'll kind of go with uh, uh, the good old biggest disappointment and surprise this season for FAMU football, biggest surprise and disappointment this season. Allison, what do you got for us? So I kind of combined it into both because I'm surprised and disappointed about this team's lack of consistency. I uh, really thought coming in with a veteran quarterback, uh, some good receivers coming back. Defense, they lost some guys, but they had a lot of guys coming back too. I think the lack of consistency uh, definitely been a surprise to me, and it's also been a disappointment, I think, to me and everybody else, because I think a lot of people didn't expect this team to have to fight so hard every game. Now, I will say on the flip side of that, if you're going to fight and you're going to have to go through adversity, it's better to be on the winning end, and they've done that. <laughs> so the fact that they've been able to fight and overcome that is a good thing, but I, I'm definitely surprised with, with how much they've had to given the sense that they did have a lot of veterans back at a lot of key positions. So I'm, I'm both surprised and disappointed by that, that lack of consistency. Good point. Good point. Zach, what about you? Um, I think the biggest surprise is probably the defense for me. I thought they were going to be good, but I mean, you're looking at a defense right now that's allowing less than 275 yards per game. They're getting after the quarterback really well, forcing a lot of turnovers. They've kind of exceeded my expectations my high expectations for them, but I think the disappointment is the, the rushing attack. You saw that first game against Jackson. We saw that dynamic duo come out. Yant finally makes his big appearance, and they run the football really well against Jackson, and it's just kind of disappeared at times, almost like it did last year. Last year, that was my biggest criticism of FAMU, ranked dead last in the SWAC and rushing, and it just seems like they've never truly committed to running the football, and I know they've been banged up on the offensive line and play call and might not have leaned into the run game, but I think they're too talented in the running back room not to be better at running the football consistently than they have been. Mm, good point. Good point. I, I think you you kind of got me right there on one of my uh, surprises. Uh, Rory, what are you? Uh, what about you? Biggest surprise and disappointment so far this season? Kind of to piggyback like off what Allison said, it's a surprise and disappointment at the same time. But I'm going the route of the secondary playing as poorly as they have. The defense has been outstanding. At least the front seven has. But for the secondary to only have one interception, Kamani King. And oddly enough, as great as the dark cloud defense is, and this team has the potential to win not only the SWAC East, the SWAC, and the Celebration Bowl, they could end up, at the end of the season, losing the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be a head-scratcher for a high-caliber championship team to give the ball away more than they're taking it away. Oh, good points. Good mm -hmm. points. How about you, Gerald? Biggest disappointment and surprise, or surprise and disappointment so far. Oh um, well, I'll say the biggest, like Allison said, the biggest surprise and disappointment is the lack of consistency on the offensive end. I know it's a new look receiver room, 
new look running back room. But like I said, you know, you have a veteran quarterback that's coming back in in the same system for the first time in his college career. Um, and and just to, just to see just to see how it's always uh, it's either it's it's, it's always one another. This is gonna be a slow start, and maybe a good finish or a good quarter that's going to allow them to run away with the game or it's going to be a fast start. And then it's like, you just coax to the end of the game. Uh, so that's something that I really want to see them really get better at and just putting together those, uh, you know, complete games. Another thing is, like I said, the, 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 I think it's a lack of commitment to the Russian attack because this year over the first six games, I've been really impressed about Terrell Jennings. And I know Terrell Jennings have been there, uh, since 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when he gets the ball, you know, he's a problem. And he see, he looks faster than he's been in the past. And, you know, Terrell Dennis, he's really a guy. So I think, you know, you really feed him the ball and, um, you know, and, and, and see what he can do. I think, you know, maybe they'll open the playbook more towards the, the Russian attack that they have. Good point. Good point. Uh, Kelvin, what about you? Biggest surprise disappointment? I think there's no more meat on the bone. They got it all. It's been the inconsistency. It it has been the inconsistency. You know, and, and you know, I've talked. They've heard. They've heard my spin on this uh, for the last seven weeks. But um, I want to see us play four weeks. I mean, four four quarters of good football. I expect we don't play our tougher competition on the front end. So I'm anticipating. We got some teams where we can put 40, 50 points up. They're not very good defensively. And that's what I want to see. Finish strong. How about you, Marcus? It kind of ties into the same theme that most folks were saying, but I would go this route. And, you know, I've been tracking the last couple of years. I would say the consistency, inconsistencies, given the level, the number of seniors and graduate students that we have on the team and tied into that, the number of penalties. We were, I mean, 20, 2021, we were, by, we were dead last in, in FCS. Last year, we trended up a little bit. I guess we were in the lower 100, so we went up about 20 spots. But and So I expected that trend to continue where we would have fewer penalties, especially given the experience that we have, but we've reverted back to 2021 form. Granted, we did make the playoffs that year, despite the leading FCS and the number of penalties and, and penalty yards and penalties per game, but I did not expect that. So that's probably my biggest disappointment and surprise. I, I'll piggyback right on top of that, Marcus, because that's what I had written down. I, and I was surprised. I was waiting to see whether anybody was going to say it. And then here comes Marcus at the last minute. <laughs> it, it, it's penalties. We are, I, just, I looked it up today. We are the, and I don't know how you say this properly, it, we have the fourth most in the nation, FCS, at 57. That's fourth most in all of FCS football. And we have the third most penalty yards in FCS football with 515. I mean, that. That is a surprise. I, I did not think we would be, and, and still we are what we are, right, from from a team perspective. And, and I guess for me, the disappointment would be the scoring. I mean, we're only, you guys kind of touched on it. We're only averaging 27 a game. I thought we all, I think we all thought we'd be averaging 30 uh, more a game. And, and also, I, I thought our completion percentage passing would be better. I, I, I remember us talking in the preseason the goal, if we could get to that 60, what do we say, 64, 63? 65. 65. Yeah, 65. Like, what, what, how many points and what would this season look like? 
and it, we're only at 58. We're at 58. We are what we are in terms of points-wise, and we still have the top quarterback in the SWAT. I, that, Brian, you're fading out. Okay, I thought that was just me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm moving the, not, not moving the corner. Uh, there you go. Season, all right, there you go. All right, all right, thank you. Mid-season grades. We'll go offense, defense, special teams, and we even throw the coaching category in there. So if you want to throw in some grades in there. So we'll start it off with Zach this time. Zach, what do you got? Mid-season grades. I would say offense, probably a B minus. For me, I, I don't think I don't think they've been bad. It's just like you said, they've kind of been underwhelming to a point. I mean, averaging under thirty points a game, I figured they'd be closer to the four hundred yard per game mark, or even a little bit higher than that. And they've just really lacked that explosiveness that I was expecting from such a mature team. <clears throat> Defensively, I understand they haven't forced you know a ton of interceptions or anything like that, but the way they get after the quarterback, how dominant they've been at times, I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give the defensive a minus. I've been really impressed, especially the front four. You look at Isaiah Land leaving. You look at some of the question marks coming into the season about a true true edge rusher. Anthony Dunn has answered the bell in a big way. Gentle Hunt's having a career season. There's just so much talent in that front seven. And then we don't even have to talk about Isaiah Major, who's putting together a swag defensive player of the year campaign, possibly an All-American type season at, at linebacker. Um, in terms of special teams, I, I think it's been I think it's been fine. I would give it a B. And then in terms of coaching. I'm going to give it a B minus. I still think there's, like we talked about, man, committing to the run game. You got too much talent. And I really think the second half collapses at times. You look at that Jackson game, they had a chance to really kind of run away with that game. And then something just stopped clicking. So I think the coaches have to put some of their playmakers in better positions to capitalize. And also, I think it's just been inconsistent halves of football. And ultimately, that falls back on the coaches. So I would give it a B minus as well. Okay. Good deal. Uh, Rory, how about you? Well, for me, I'm going to give the offense a B minus simply because, like, the overriding theme, the 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 running game has, has been a problem, especially the way it came out in that Jackson State game. And I really thought in the Jackson State game, the offensive line were collectively the MVP of the Orange Blossom Classic. And I really thought that that their commitment to the run was going to be something we were seeing week in and week out. So for that, I will give the offense a B minus. Moose is playing well, but again, the completion percentage, you know, we thought that it might be a little bit higher. The defense, I mean, minus the, I know the secondary has had their issues, but the way the front seven has been playing, I'm going to give them an A plus. And my favorite, one of my favorite stats is third down conversion. And they rank fifth in the nation in third down percentage of stopping the opponent. So basically, it's like you have first and second down to move the ball. And third down is just the equivalent of a fourth down. And then you're punting. So for that, defense has just been lights out. Special teams, I'm going to give them a B minus. Um, great opening kickoff against Jackson State. There have been some penalties that have kind of hurt the special teams play 
And I would like to see, of course, we got so spoiled by seeing Chris Fadul. Not that Will Hoy isn't, uh, I mean, I'm, Trying to blank on the punter's name, but not that he's not playing well, but we just got so accustomed over the years of seeing Fadul consistently flip the field and all the, the, the starting inside the 20. And for coaching, I'm going to give a B plus for coaching because, yes, there are some adjustments that should have been made that weren't made. They're winning games, but we really want to see that foot on the that foot on the gas pedal from the kickoff to the end of the ball game. Rory, I'm glad you said foot on the gas. I thought you were about to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of this us is a family show. That, some of us <laughs> hey, some of hey us that, that, that too. too. <laughs> that too, right. That, that too. Yeah. Uh, Gerald, Gerald, how about you? What are your, what are your uh, mid-season grades? Yeah, so first I'm going to start off by giving the offense a, a B-. minus. Um, they just got to get right, man, like. They, Coach Simmons said, what game was that? After the Mississippi Valley game, he said he pulled the offense to the side and asked them, do y'all do y'all get tired of defense carrying y'all? And I feel like that spoke volumes that that he would actually say something like that because I think he sees it too, and I think that's a way that you can motivate them because I think a lot of people see it that way. A lot of people may say, oh, they didn't have this all-star defense. You know, they would be a very beatable team. So I'm going to start off with that. Jeremy is playing well. Um, he's, you know, trying to get accustomed to those uh, receivers. I, I really enjoy how he really utilized the tight ends over the last few weeks. Um, I was a, I was a little league tight end, so so I, I hold a special place in my heart for tight ends. So, you know, I just want to see them just go from start to finish. Defense, I'm going to give them an A. Um, fifth team in, in, uh, in FCS, fifth total defense in FCS. Um, and defense is just defense is crazy. You know what I mean? I, I had someone come to the game. They was like, who 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 are players to watch on defense? I was like, everybody. Just watch the old defense. Just pick a just pick a player. Just pick a player each player and just watch them. Um you would like to see the see the DBs get some more um some more interceptions. Kamani is the only one with a with a with an interception. So for them to get that for them to get that A plus, I want the, I want the DBs to step up in and get some turnovers um this weekend for for their grade to move up. Special teams. Excuse me. Special teams, I get them a, a B. Um, and like Rory said, you know, we're so used to seeing Chris Fadul flip the field, but Trey Woodward is doing well too. I think he's 17th in the nation in um in in um in punting in the FCS. But also, we've had some, we've seen some some blown coverages on kick on kick returns. So, if they can get that get that um figured out, then I think think the the, the special teams would be well off and. You won't have to worry about putting your defense in unfavorable situations, even though the defense usually doesn't fold even when put in those type of situations. Anyway, coaching, I was kind of teetering between a B and a B minus. Uh, if I had to choose, I would give them a B minus just because just to kind of motivate them a little bit to really be able to manage this talented of a team. You know, I think that's one of the big challenges. You know, this team know that they're talented. So you kind of have to coach them up a different type of way to really get them to reach their max, maximum potential. And if they erase all those mistakes, the penalties and the blown coverages on kickoffs and being consistent, man, just imagine what this team can do this season. So that's that's my that's my grade so far through uh, six games. Good good job, uh, Allison. What's your grade book looking like? 
I I think offense, I give them a B minus. I, I, I agree with everybody. I mean, go, going last kind of sucks because I feel like I'm just repeating what everybody else has said. But I don't think we've seen the full potential on this <laughs> offense yet, which, which stinks because we're midway through. But it's also kind of hopeful because what can we see uh, if this if this offense can get it together? Um, the run game hasn't hasn't done what it needs to do. I think the receivers have some drops that they shouldn't that they shouldn't be dropping. Uh, Moose is like 58% completion on the season. Not terrible. Could be a lot better. Uh, his decision-making sometimes is a little bit questionable, which again, surprises me because he is a veteran quarterback. Uh, so I give him a B minus, uh, the defense, a B plus. They've only allowed 12 touchdowns on the year. That leads the swack. Um, and everybody's talked about it. This defense has a bunch of freaks on it. They're fun to watch. They're good. They sometimes like Gerald say, uh, carry the offense. So I definitely give the the defense a higher grade than that offense. They get a B plus. Uh, special teams, I give an A minus, guys. Uh, you know, I know everyone's kind of dogging on Trey Wilhoy. He's averaging forty three yards a punt. Like the guy's not doing a bad job. He's again top twenty in the nation. Uh, we're perfect on PATs for the year. Uh, they're doing what they need to do. And like uh, I think it was Gerald said too about the penalties. I mean, there's some things they need to clean up. But overall, Trey's doing a great job, and and so is the kicking game. Coaching, I give him a B minus. Um, I think. Again, opening up that run game, not being so conservative with it. Uh, but also, this team has to get over playing with their competition. And that, I think, falls a little bit on coaching. You have to give them that extra push and not let them hang around. If somebody needs to be put to sleep, put a team to sleep. And I think that comes back. It comes back on the guys, but it comes back on the coaching too. How are you coaching them to make sure that that happens? So I think the coaching can do a little bit better. I give them a B minus uh, for the year so far. Nice. Nice. Marcus, uh, what's your, what's your grade book looking like over there? Uh, pretty much uh, the same as everyone else's. I'm not an interested time. I'm not going to go through like full grades, but I think just as a reflection, I think on our preseason show that we did, uh, we talked about this could be the closest approximation to a Billy Joe Gulf Coast offense that we've seen in years based on the experience we had coming back, uh, having to find a replacement for Xavier Smith. But with all the experience at receiver, rejuvenated running game based on who they recruited and the offensive line. So I, I would definitely give them like a high B on the offense. But you know, it, 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 there's a lot more potential to reach. Defense, it's been lights out. With the exception of the, I'm surprised at the secondary play, just like Rory said, you know, how um, there's been a couple plays that we can remember uh, either in the Orange Blossom Classic and uh, I think against the Southern and one other game where someone got behind us and it did seem like the DB was in the trail position, was kind of jogging, not putting full effort trying to strain. I think Coach mentioned that on either one of the shows this week or maybe late last week. That he, you know, he wants to see the DB strain a little more. And if you think about it, if those plays have been defended, those long touchdowns, you know, we could be looking at an even lower scoring average for the defense or not having given up a touchdown either to Jackson State or somebody else uh, on a long play. Special teams, I would give uh, probably a B plus because they were shaky in the Orange Blossom Classic as it relates to kicking. I believe we got two kicks blocked, two field goals blocked. There was. And but then we got that straightened out. I think coach mentioned or someone mentioned that um, they put players with a little bit more length and girth on the outside based on film review from special teams and Orange Blossom Classic. But that kind of got balanced out by opening kickoff touchdown. And we've given up a couple good returns. So 
and the punting, I think, is pretty much maybe on par, maybe a slight tick, and is very slight than what we're accustomed to with Chris for duel. So I would give them a, a good grade, but and I, we've cleaned up the field goal kicking or the the goal kicking, the field goal and extra points. So we haven't had a block. I don't believe we've had one since the Orange Blossom Classic. No, I don't. I don't think we have either. Um, how about you, Kelvin? You, your you have your grade book look any different than anybody else's that has been uh, already out? on Kelvin here. I think he's on a bit of a delay. No. Go ahead. <laughs> That's it. That's it? <laughs> what do you say? No. Keep you going. No. All right. There it is. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I, it. Love that. I, I, <laughs> uh, I had, My lowest grade was a special teams with a C. Because I, I just keep thinking about those those kickoff returns, how we 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 just look bad on special teams. On, on kickoff returns. That's the on kickoff return defense. That that's it. Everything else, I you know, I, but I keep I put that as a C. Okay, let's go. Um, where are we at? MVP of the season. Now this this is kind of odd. Midseason MVP, offense, defense, special teams, newcomer. Obviously, a little bit of these can be combined. Uh, so let's see who. Uh, let's see. I think we're on Gerald. Gerald, I think it's on you to go first. All right, Gerald. Let's go. Midseason MVP through the first offense, defense special teams and then newcomer and obviously combine if you got to yeah um i don't think i'm gonna combine though i think i feel okay. like that's taking it i think that's taking it i think that's taking the easy way out for office and mvp you already know mvp is a quarterback's award you know what i mean so i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the moose um but i don't i don't want that to mean that you know, he can't get better because Moose can be way better. Like I said, his decision-making is questionable at times. I think sometimes he overthinks. But but uh, at the end of the day, he, he's the best quarterback in the sweat. You know what I mean? So he has to continue to show that for him to maintain this MVP honor that I'm giving him uh, <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to stay uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, defensive MVP, I'm going to give it to Zay Major. Uh, three double-digit tackle games. I was going back and forth. People know how much I love Anthony Dunn. Anthony Dunn, he was – Anthony Dunn, if you would have won the Florida Classic MVP last year, it would have been because of me. Um, <laughs> so, Anthony, Anthony Dunn, that's – that's Anthony Dunn, he's he's, 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 a, he's a star in the making. But Isaiah, I put Isaiah Major over him because Isaiah Major, he's the – he's that voice of the dark cloud defense. You know what I mean? I think everything starts, starts and ends with him. So and he and he puts that out on the field, just like when he when he got that interception against Alabama State and just seeing all those guys, you know, rallying around. And I believe that was his first career interception. And for him to return that, I think he played a little bit of running back in high school too, the way he was out there still farming folks and all that. Um, so I, I got I just gotta give it to Isaiah Major and um I don't think I gotta tell him, but I need to tell him congratulations on getting the getting the invite to the to the legacy bowl. Right. Um what's next? Um Special teams. Special teams, special teams. Special teams. Uh, special teams. I'm, I'm gonna give it to Will Hoyt. I'm gonna give it to Will Hoyt. I mean, I know people. You know, I, I know a lot of people compare him to Fadul and all of that. But I mean, Will Hoyt is Will Hoyt is is an All American too. He's an All American punter too. Like I said, he's top twenty in the nation in punting. So I'm gonna give it to him, man. I know he's happy to be back home, man. Also, Will Hoyt has another year of eligibility. If y'all didn't know, um, he got another year after this. 
And uh, lastly, newcomer, I'm going to give it to another hometown kid, uh, Marcus Riley. Um, I got a stat line right here, 20 receptions for 329 yards and three touchdowns. And we all remember how the, how the season began with when um, Marcus Riley. So I'm going to give him, he's been a, he's been a, um, he's been a star for them. You know, when you have a guy like Xavier Smith leave out, but a guy like Marcus Riley to come in and step in, step into those shoes and being really like that number one receiver to lead the Rack Boys. I got to man, I got to check with Coach AC to see if they Rack Boys yet. Because last time I talked, to him, he said, "No, nah, we ain't rap, they ain't Rack Boys yet. They got to earn that." Mm-hmm. So, uh, but Marcus Riley, I'm, I'm gonna give him the newcomer of the year. Now, I know he's happy to be back home with Tallahassee playing his final year of college football. Yes, indeed. All right, Allison, who you got? Who are your uh, midseason MVPs? Am I allowed to do double or do I got to pick one? No, sure. Hell, why not? It's your, it's your awards. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there, there we go. Okay, offense. Um, I know people have – I'm looking at kind of potential here, what he's done and the potential. Jacquez Yant, I mean, I think he was a great add to this offense. I mean, the kid's got legs the size of tree trunks. I mean, the way that he runs the ball it is – is something else and he's been fun to see and you're going to hear the name Marcus Riley a lot for me because I think the kid is a stud I'm so glad he came back home he was so much fun to cover in high school um, and I I'm just so thrilled that he's being able to finish his career at home at Florida A&M so offense I have Yan and Riley as my offensive mid-season MVPs Um, defense Isaiah Major I mean again I mean the, the guy it's, it speaks for himself. The, the way that he's led this defense, um, he was one of the leaders that we talked to a lot during this summer about guys stepping up in the spring to take over, guys that had left, and he, he was one of those leaders that people looked out to. So Isaiah Majors taken that role and, and ran with it and has had a really good fall. So defensive MVP is definitely Isaiah Major. Special teams, saying his name again, Marcus Riley. He's done a great job. Uh, again, we talked about how the season started. <laughs> When he, when he ran that back, I was like, oh, my God, is this how this game's going to go? So, Riley, definitely uh, special teams. And my newcomer goes to Marcus Riley, too. I mean, he does special teams and receiving for them. I mean, he's he's where you need to be, when they need to be it. Uh, he is the guy, I think, for FAMU. And, again, just super thrilled for him that he gets to wear the Rattler uniform this year. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I forgot you covered a lot of these guys in high school. Oh, yeah. so it's, I, I, just saying that too. I mean, the fact that Yant, Riley, uh, Trey Wilhoy played at Childs. I mean, the fact that we get to cover them, went to their signing ceremonies, and now we get to cover them in orange and green. It's just the coolest thing for, for all of us uh, to see them succeed and, and doing as well as they are. So just always have love for the hometown guys. Nice. Nice. Very well. All right, Zach, uh, what are you looking like? What Who you got at MVP levels? Man, I, I, I know what my guy G said over there because it is a quarterback award, but Brian, me and you talked to Swag Media Day. I try to buck that trend. I hate that it's just given to the quarterback by default. <laughs> so I'm going Marcus Riley. I think he's been the most explosive option on offense. He's really stepped up in some of the biggest games. I mean, the last game against Southern, man, he really stepped up in a big way for FAMU. Of course, with that kickoff return against Jackson as well, he's leading the team in receiving right now. I think if they keep feeding him the ball, he's just a playmaker. He's going to go make plays, which makes him my newcomer as well. Defensively, listen, I'm an O-lineman at heart, so I love a good edge rusher. 
I got to give it to Dunn, man. He's been unblockable at times. And I think you have to give him a little bit more credit, too, because of the role he was trying to step into. Everybody was like, who's going to be the next Isaiah Land? Who's going to replace Isaiah Land? And it's just you got to live in that shadow. And he's done a heck of a job stepping up and really making the plays in the biggest games and having some massive games. I want to say he's one of the top edge rushers in the country right now. And then Will Hoyt gets the special teams. I think, like you said, it's always hard following up you know, Fadul and what he was doing. But, like, listen, he's an All-American for a reason. He was doing it at his previous, his previous school as well. So I'm going to give special teams to Will Hoyt. Mm. I love it. I love it. Hey, look, everybody, we can see Rory. Rory Sherlock, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Good to see Rory. If you didn't see me, but no, Rory. Looking look good. You got, man, Rory, the good voice. got the good beard going on. And, man, you're killing it. You're killing it. How, uh, all right, what's your, what's your MVPs looking like, Rory? Okay, yeah, I, I'm i going to fall in line. I do hate that, whether it be the Heisman or the MVP, it's always a default quarterback thing. Okay, we get it. We're in the passing era, and, and we all love it. But I'm going to go a different route, and if I, I think I got the numbers correct. I know Jalen Goss hasn't played a lot of games. Like, he's, he's missed some games, but I think he's only given up one sack. And we know that the rushing attack hasn't been the best, but since family is so pass happy, you got to go with the offensive line and a guy like Jalen Goss. And I think uh, Colvin as well. I think they both are about like maybe one or two sacks for the whole year. And think about, I think Musa has well over 200 attempts. So when you think about how many times he's dropping back to pass and his uniform isn't getting really dirty other than sweat stains. That means he's getting some great protection. So I'm going to go Jalen Goss. I'm going to go like that. Okay. totally different, not even a specialist from the offensive line. Uh, defense, I mean, come on. It's Isaiah Major. Anthony Dunn is – Femi has a chance to lead the SWAC in sacks three years in a row. Yes. And Anthony Dunn is really doing big things. And I'm, I feel you, G, when you vote for him. But Isaiah Major really is just the heart and soul of this defense. And I've had this running joke with him dating back to last year that you should fall out of the bed with 10 to 12 tackles and then everything else is house money. Uh, that's just how good he is and how much of a ball hawk that he is. Uh, newcomer and special teams, I got to combine it. Marcus Riley, what more can we say? I mean, what a welcome back to Tally. And I'm in South Florida with that kickoff return. And he just does everything. We might as well put him in the Wildcat more often and let him do what he does there. I mean, Allison stole all of that great stuff in high school. And he is just such a phenomenal talent. And he is really doing it up. Special teams on the return and just in the passing game. So he gets my award doubly for uh, in that area. Man. That's good stuff. I, I think I, I'm doubling up on a lot of these. Uh, Kelvin, you got any uh, awards that look different than anybody's here? I mean, Rory went, like, off the page with the uh, with the offensive lineman, uh, but I love it. What about you, Kelvin? I feel like there's a countdown here. Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin you're on mute. All right. I'm going to come to you, Marcus. Marcus, while I wait on nope. – I feel like we're playing yeah, musical yeah. squares. Anything different? No, nope, nothing different. Nothing different. Yeah, I, I pretty much had uh, – I'm with you. I had Musa, 
is I'm going quarterback. You know how I love my quarterbacks. I'm going with quarterback for MVP. I did have done. I'm with you, G. I got done as a as a MV, MVP defensive side. Three, let me see. First in sacks, third in tackles for loss. And I got a feeling he's going to be first in both categories. And it's, the voters are going to have a tough decision at the end of the season. Are you going to go with major or are you going to go with done? And I hope they don't split the vote and then it ends up being somebody like Colton Adams. I mean, I all love the Colton Adams over at Alabama State, but I worry that the SWAT voters are going to say, oh, who do I choose between the two fam you guys? And then it ends up going to Colton Adams on points. I'm just, I'm just a fear. So anyway, that's the, that's, that's what I, and then I got Marcus Riley, not only for special teams, but newcomer. Hey, has anybody looked? Has anybody looked into the fact that we opened the season with a opening kickoff? How many other schools or teams have done that? And I'm knocking on wood, fingers crossed. If we end up winning the championship, how many other schools opened the season with a kickoff return touchdown and then won the championship? I'm just that's just research, research for all you media folks. You guys, you guys, you know, you guys got teams of people that you can put on this. You know, I'm working for a job, but you guys got researchers. All you guys got researchers, you know. So anyway, um, let, let's go to uh, who, who has researchers. I, I was wondering. I was wondering who they were. Right here. All right. So see, we just dispelled a myth that everybody has is that all of us and all you guys have uh, research staffs. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to uh, let's kind of quickly go through our off. We'll just kind of go around the horn quickly. Offensive play of the year, midseason offensive play of the year. Let me see. I'm going to go to Gerald. I, I may go out of turn here, so bear with me. Gerald, offensive play of the year, quickly. Man, I was hoping you was going to choose me last. You know, All I right. Gonna, I, I, I asked who's still. Let me see. Who's I'm going I'm I'm to say, say Kamari Young's touchdown against, um, against, uh, Alabama State, just because he a tight end. I rock with the tight ends. All right, all right. Offensive play of the year. Allison said she's ready. Allison, what's your offensive play of the year? Oh, is this play or player? Yeah, play. <laughs> oh, play, Lord. Play. Can you think of, like, one play? Did, did I word that poorly? Did, uh, no, I don't know how to read, apparently. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Play of oh, the you year. Gotta, you got to come back to me. All right. Because I mean play, player of the year. <laughs> I got you. I got you. How about you, Zach? You got a play of the year so far? Yeah, it might be recency bias, but just because of how competitive that game was on the road in Baton Rouge, that game went a touchdown pass. The fact that Gassette broke that tackle going to going into the end zone, and he, he protected, because if that's a strip right there, who yeah. knows what happens yeah. going down in that game. So I'm going to give it to that, that game-winning touchdown from Musa to, to Gassette against Southern. Nice, nice, good choice. Uh, Rory, how about you? Offensive play of the year so far. Same thing. The Southern game-winning touchdown. Allison was there. That the that yeah. was a, a big play. I mean, not to say that it would have derailed the season, but Southern was a very good – Southern is a very good team. It was on the road. And then if you think about all of the backlash that Musa had coming into that game from how poorly he played – well. The Mississippi Valley State game. So for him to throw the game-winning touchdown, that's that's the play right there. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm I'm gonna agree, and not just because I read this wrong and I'm an idiot, but I I am gonna agree with that because being there at that game too, it was such as you would expect. It was such a hostile environment at Southern. It was loud. 
I'm a wimp, but it was kind of cold. Uh, it was just the way that fourth quarter started with the light show and the little scuffle at the middle. Like there was so much intensity heading into that fourth quarter. And then Southern scored, which I'm still not 100% sure he crossed that plane for the touchdown. But like, I mean, it just, there was so much going on in that game for them to drive down the field like they did. Uh, I definitely, and to get that play heading into a bye week too. So you have all that emotion. You had to have two weeks to kind of let it settle, get better before going to Texas Southern. I think that that's definitely the play of the year. They had to win that game and they had to win it on the road and they did it in fashion. Nice. Nice. Um, Marcus, Marcus, do, I got one. Marcus, do you have one? Well, I know we're short on time in this segment, but what do you got? Uh, I do have a quick one. It's not, I don't know if it's as critical as the Southern game, but, um, I can't remember which game. I don't know if it was West Florida, but when uh, Terrell Jennings broke off like a 65-yard run. Yes, 73 to be exact. 73, okay. 73. Yes. And I was like, man, that boy's got some jets. I didn't Jeez. see that in 2019, yes. 2021. I mean, he was gone. I was, so I was getting hyped. Yeah, let me make a correction of mine. That was actually the West Florida game when Kamari Young scored that touchdown. <laughs> see, I got the picture. The, 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 the came with the picture right here. There you the go. Yeah, this the one, this the one right here. This the one right here. Shout out to the tight ends, man. Is that a screensaver that you got there, uh Gerald? No, no. <laughs> Come on. Uh, man. That's okay. That's all right. But yeah, I say I think Kelvin, you had the 90, you had the 73 yard by uh Jennings as well. I, I saw you, yeah. So I isn't that funny. Okay, yeah, all right, good deal. Hey, we'll come back on the other side of this break. Uh give you guys to think about the defensive play of the year. I think we all can say, is this? does anyone disagree that the special teams play of the year was the opening kickoff? <laughs> can we all agree? There's, there hasn't Agreed. been anything. Yes. Okay, yeah. all right. So we Agreed. won't even agree. All right. So when we come back from the break, defensive play, and then kind of get into the second half of some of our conversation. I know we're short on time. We'll see how much of it we can get through on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, 
and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. As you can see, Brian Kelvin Marcus joined by our roundtable of uh, FAMU journalists or journalists who cover FAMU. A better way of saying that. Allison Posey, uh, Rory Chirac, uh, Gerald Thomas, and Zach McKinnell. All right. So in the last break, we kind of left off just a uh, little meat on the bone defensive play of the year. Top defensive play that we have seen that you have seen this year. Allison, I'll start with you. What do you got? The Alabama State pick six. What was it, 14 to 10 when Isaiah Major picked off that ball, took it back? How many – was it 40 yards, 45 yards? I mean, it was it was, it was half the field, yeah. Uh, took it back. I mean, that really – it was a close game, too close, and that kind of put that game to bed, gave them that bigger lead. So I would say that definitely a defensive play of the year. That was a big win for them. They needed that win. I know I'm right there with you on that one. Rory, what do you got? The Isaiah Major pick six. Uh, he is a former running back, and I like really the run after the catch, the way he shifted lanes. And I think he even switched the ball from one arm to the other arm to move it, like, you know, so he fumbles, it goes out of bounds. Uh, just showed his instinct and his talent. And I think family was still going to win this game, but that just how that solidified it, and the crowd was just so electric. That's the play right there. And did he hurdle some guys? He may have hurdled two people. Yeah, he did. He did do a hurdle too. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, might might even be the second best run of the year. Period. Uh, Zach, what do you <laughs> got? Yeah, it's it's the pick six. I I think everyone's kind of broken down. I mean, in, in that moment to kind of put that team away, it's got to be the pick six. Gerald, what about you? The pick six. Um, I love seeing. I love seeing players uh, just going to a different element outside of their position. And Isaiah Major, he went from a linebacker to a running back. So I, I really enjoy watching that play. Marcus, Kelvin, uh, you guys got anything different? Because that's sure enough what I wrote, the pick six. What about you? You got anything different? No, but the best part of this pick six was the stiff arm and uh, him taking his helmet off at the end. I love the ending. <laughs> uh, what about you? Anything different, Marcus? Nope. All right. All right, so let me transition here. We're going to kind of move forward because I know everybody's time is valuable tonight. But let's go to second half projections of FAMU for this season and then maybe the rest of the swag. If you can think about uh, the second half projections for FAM, what do you think it'll be? 
And then who's coming out of the West? If you kind of just talk about the rest of the West. So, <laughs> Rory, I'll start with you. The second half predictions? Yes. Yep. Um, we'll be here. We'll all convene in Tallahassee for the SWAC championship game. I don't see this team losing. I know that there will still be some close games. And I'm going to go out on a limb and even say this. The Florida Classic is going to be very close, and people are going to be on the edge of their seat at the half. But the Rattlers are going to pull – they're going to win that ball game. But this is a rivalry game, and even though Bethune is going to have absolutely nothing to play for except for wanting to spoil FAMU's hopes because mm -hmm. they're already going to be on the high of winning the East Division and get ready to play at Bragg in two weeks after that game. But Thuna's going to play them very, very close in the first half, but Femi's going to pull it out and get that dub. All right. Uh, any thoughts about who might come out of the West? Oh, the Wild Wild West. It's going to come down to the Bayou Classic. Okay. Um, I think whether win or lose for Grambling, like whether no matter what Southern is doing, a, a Prairie View or, or Alcorn is trying to get in and they need some help from the Bayou Classic, that's what's going to determine the West champion. Okay. All right. I Zach, got Southern. What, oh, you got Southern. Okay. You got Southern. Okay. There it is. Call your shot. Uh, Zach, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think FAMU kind of walks through the rest of their schedule. I mean, that right now they've played the 102nd, easy, you know, easiest schedule in the country. The rest of it ranks like 111th. I mean, Texas Southern losing Andrew Body for the year was a tough loss for them. PV just got held to 100 yards of total offense by a bad Houston Christian team. So I have no faith in either one of those teams. I think the toughest game is probably that road trip to Huntsville against A&M because we saw what they just did to Grambling. And then I think everyone on this panel remembers what happened last time FAMU was in Huntsville, how stressful that game was um, a few years back. So I, I think FAMU was going to win win their division, get to the SWAT championship host. In, in terms of the West, I like Alcorn. I know a lot. Of, I know it's not a popular opinion, but Aaron Allen has been balling. I mean, multiple games of two, three hundred yards. They made that QB switch. They get Southern at home. Grambling helped them out last week, losing to A and M. And I just don't trust Dooley and Southern. I think they're going to choke it out a few games down the stretch. And I think Alcorn is going to, by default, get out of the West. Right, uh, Gerald. How about you? Uh, yeah, I see FAMU winning out. Um, like I said, the 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 toughest game really remaining is that A and M game. I think last year, last time they went to A and M, they were down twenty eight ten, I believe, or up twenty eight ten almost. I, I'm not sure. I wasn't I wasn't covering them there, but I know it was. I know it was close. I know it was some some type of some type of lead discrepancy that that became, that went in jeopardy. But uh, anyway, uh. So, yeah, so I think FAMU wins out. Uh, I think the Florida Classic will be a very close game, but I think December 2nd will be in, in Tallahassee. And Maxie uh, told my family, I said, if y'all want to watch some championship football, going to come down to Tallahassee, come down, come down from Savannah and come watch some championship football. Y'all will see me at work, and uh, y'all will get to enjoy the game, enjoy the environment. So, uh, so yeah, so I think, think we'll have the SWAT championship here. As far as the West, I know a lot of people don't trust Dooley, and I ain't saying I, I, ain't saying I trust Dooley, you know. Never met him, you know what I'm saying? But uh but uh, I, I like to see Southern come to brag. Um when people ask me what's my favorite game that I have to cover from FAMU, I always say the FAMU Southern game from, from 2022. So I love to see those two teams, the historic rivalry matchup for, for all the marbles in the sweat. 
Um, I I got I'm, I'm I'm crazy here. I got Alcorn coming out of the West. I I don't trust Dooley. I don't trust Hugh. Uh, after what PV did, I gotta get rid of that vote. I I gotta go with old uh old uh Coach McNair. That that's I just gotta go with McNair. I I just gotta go with what they got. Uh, uh Kelvin, do you? Who do you got? Are you changing your votes on the West, or who you got coming out of the West? No, if you remember, I predict that Alcorn would win the West, and they would have three losses, and I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, you did, you did. Um, All right, let let me transition to this question because we're about at the one year anniversary of Ad Sykes being hired on at FAMU as uh, the vice president of athletics and uh, the AD, and so. We kind of look at what's the first year been like for her, and if, you know, not necessarily saying a grade, but how would you evaluate what you've seen from AD Sykes? And if, hey, if you want to give a grade, feel free, but just more so a look at what you've seen in the first year. Maybe things she's done really well, things that are kind of like have been part of the learning curve. Uh, so we'll go to Zach. Zach, we'll let you kind of start it off. What are your thoughts here? <laughs> Um, and as you know, I'm a football guy. I just cover football, so I'm not going to, you know, put a grade on nothing. But listen, I love the upgrades they've done to the stadium that I've seen. I look definitely looking forward to get down there for the SWAT championship if you guys host. But, yeah, I'm not going to speak on any anything above my pay grade. I'm a football guy. I'll leave it to the rest of these guys that cover the admin and everything like that. I got you. I respect that. Gerald, what about you? How would you how would you evaluate what we've seen from the first year from A.D. Sykes since uh, she's been hired on? Yeah, it's crazy that that was a year ago. Um, I still remember that day when she got hired. I remember I took a nap. I woke up. saw someone say, fam, you got a new A.D. Wasn't. Made some calls. But, you know, people be like, oh, yeah, I don't know nothing about it. So I'm like, I, now I got to find out on my own because something ain't – Something isn't that no, but um, you know, AD Sykes, you know, she's the first time AD, and you know, she was going to have those hiccups, but I think she's um doing a pretty good job. Uh, I think as years progress, you know, as she stays in the tender, um, you know, she'll get those improvements. Like I said, the, the stadium upgrade. I know some of those things have been in the works before she got there, but you know, just kind of continuing those things that that Famuel has already set in stone has been a good thing. Um, I really enjoyed her her first hire as an AD, uh, Coach Gordon, over women's basketball. I think Coach Gordon is really going to turn the tide. That's something that really stuck out to me when Coach Gordon was talking to us at media day, and she pointed she pointed to the Raptors, and I was yeah. I looked up, mm-hmm. and it was nothing new. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I was like, dang, she got me. So I see, you know, I see what she kind of trying to bring here to FAMU. Uh, so so Andy side, she's doing a pretty good job, and um. I'm excited to see what else um, she'll bring. You know, it's good that the, the the high school state championships are coming to brag and just hopefully, you know, just as family keep keep building on that that brand that's already nationwide, you know, um, under her leadership, it's, it just keep growing and, and she keep making making good decisions and listening to fans and boosters, alumni, supporters. Right. Um, Allison, I know you, you were one of the first people to get a nice, good sit-down with uh with uh with ad sykes you you might have the record for amount of time that she's actually spent talking with anybody so what's your kind of evaluation over the past year since that initial conversation yeah you know i i've always been a fan when i had that um when i did that one-on-one with her i was 
I was really impressed with her. Um, I thought she was open. She was honest. She had her clear goals. And what I've said from day one, her expertise is in compliance. What was FAMU's biggest issue? Compliance. So whether she lasts another year, another 10 years, what she was hired to do, she has done. And this team is in compliance and we are not repeating what happened the day before that, that North Carolina game last year. So I think it was an excellent hire. Um, and what I've also said is that, will they let A.D. Sykes be A.D. Sykes? Um, are people going to try to insert their opinions, try to boss her around? If they people let her do what she needs to do, I think she'll do a great job. Um, and, and so far, I have been impressed with her. Um, I know one of the things that a lot of people have brought up was the lack of communication with the tailgating and stuff. And a lot of people wanted to blame her. A lot of that fell on the university too. So you can't put all that blame on the athletic director. Um, and I do agree with Gerald about bringing the high school football state championships because I cover a lot of high school football. Bringing that to brag is excellent. It's excellent for the football program. It's excellent for recruiting because you don't got to leave. They can sit in their office, offices, open those windows, and you got some of the best high school football players in the entire country playing literally in your backyard. So bringing the high school football championships and working with the city of Tallahassee to make that happen, A1 job, you get to show off your campus and you don't even have to spend any money to do it. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. But I think in, in, in a year's time, I think she's done a great job. Um, and I can't wait to see what they accomplish in the future with her leading the helm of that athletic program. Nice, nice. Rory, I, you too uh, recently I saw had a conversation with A.D. Sykes. Um, so kind of what has been your evaluation of what everything you've seen and, and heard uh, over the past year since uh, she was hired on? I think VP AD Sykes, uh, she's done, she's done a good job. I, you know, we we do have that connection. She's been on the show a couple of times. We both are CIAA alums. Uh, she walked into a a train wreck. You know, there were a lot of things going on, and I've been covering this team since 2018, and she's about the fourth or fifth AD that I've been covering. So that you know. She inherited a lot of problems. Like, as you, see, you know, you'll hear that about incoming, like presidents newly elected. Okay, I got to clean up this. And to Allison's point, yeah, the compliance thing, that was just a national thing. And it was very embarrassing. And for FAMU to pull off nine straight wins after all of that last year, that's kudos to the to coaching and everything. But for her to clean that issue up, um, I give her a lot of props for that. I give her a lot of props for the Gordon High. Uh, tailgating and parking and ticket lines. I mean, you guys are alums. You know that's been going on probably since Gaither was alive. So, you know, it is what it is with that. So, I mean, but she still has. There's a lot of things obviously that need to be done, and but so far so good. All right. Um... We, we we can talk about we, we'll we'll talk about our evaluations later. I will say anybody can get the message across. Ad Sykes, we're children of Spartans, Norfolk State Spartans. You, this is family. Come on, come on to the ONG. We are both parent. We are both children of Norfolk State Spartans. There should be love here. Come on to the ONG. That's all I'm. At. I'm just gonna put that out there publicly. 
a matter of fact, our fathers went to school together. I'm just going to leave it at that. Now I'm going to move on <laughs> to the next question. Okay, uh, last question here. Last question, and I know we got to get you guys out of here. Um, national perception of FAMU, uh, FAMU football and athletics overall. What 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 is it, as you guys are amongst other media members that come in and cover FAMU, and when you hear from other folks, what is that perception like what are you hearing what are other people saying of course other than jackson state folks um just in general uh, i'll start with zach because zach being of course of fcs football central uh zach we'll start with you on this one yeah i mean I, i think it's kind of a guarantee all the fcs people i've talked to just my perception i mean it's kind of everyone's kind of already previewing the north carolina central famu game in, in in December, which I mean, there's there's a long way to go. I mean, the first MEAC conference game hasn't isn't even played till tomorrow night, so we have no idea. And Trey Oliver has collapsed at times against South Carolina State, so we'll see what they look like. But I think it's just kind of a consensus that they're a top twenty five team. But it's the same problem everyone had with Jackson the past two years. It's the same problem everyone had kind of with North Carolina A and T at times is they don't really have a signature win and and I. Brian, me and you have talked about this one-on-one. It, there were some external things that happened with scheduling that kind of put FAMU in a bad situation this year, but it's been a long time since FAMU really tested themselves in terms of out-of-conference games, especially against FCS competition. And the most recent memory voters have is going to Southeastern Louisiana and running into the buzzsaw that was Cole Kelly, and that game was never competitive. So it's just kind of... And then with the SWAC, they only have two D1 non-conference wins. One's against winless McNeese State, and the other's against South Carolina State that only has one D1 win themselves. So the the kind of comparison game's tough for voters because it's like, well, if FAMU had to play UT Martin's schedule or Delaware's schedule or Harvard's schedule, are they sitting at the record that they are? Or is it because they got to play West Florida? Is it because they're going to get to play Lincoln? Is it because they got to play Valley? So that's kind of the national perception is FAMU's really talented. They're a top 25 team, but it's just what's the ceiling for them because we still haven't seen them play a signature win and that Jackson win may age poorly the way that program's going right now. But well, it, it remains to be seen how Jackson finishes up the season. But that's kind of where FAMU sits in terms of the FCS landscape. Appreciate that. That's uh, good stuff. Gerald, how about you? What are your thoughts here? Well, uh, it's, it's nice to see FAMU nationally ranked. Um, I believe, no, don't quote me on this, but I think they might have wasn't ranked in the FCS coaches poll until like maybe after the Classic. I think they were number 24 in the nation. Um, and now they're, they're number 18. They were number 16 last year, but I mean, last week, but the bye, the bye week moved them down. So, so it's good to see that. But I would like to see FAMU play more out-of-conference FCS games. And, um, I mean, if you're going to play Division Two games, play against the upper echelon Division Two. I think the West Florida opponent was a good thing. And I ain't going to lie, I, I like to see FAMU play against, play against uh, my alma mater, but I also stay, you know. And, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing that, throwing that out there. I mean, back when I was in undergrad, you know, we spent a lot of time coming down to Tallahassee, you know, but I also say he has – but I'll say has a lot of black students there that that will come to Tallahassee and come see a game like that and be in that environment that um you know that is brag and wander's way. So so I want to see more SCS out of conference games and I I want to see a FAMU DSU game too. Okay, okay. Uh Allison, how about you? 
Um, I mean, let's be honest, guys. Uh, from this time compared to last year, I think the national perception of FAMU is a lot better than it was. Um, it was not good uh, at the beginning of last season just because of everything that happened. And it, it was it was tough to see because this is a program that obviously as fans, you guys love them. I mean, I love covering them. Coach Simmons is a class act. The whole, the whole athletic department is a class act. Uh, so it was tough to see them that way. But I, I think now... Things are on the right track. A lot of good athletes. Uh, again, I, I just just specifically talking about the way they were portrayed in the national media last year. I think things are light years better than they were at that time. Um, and again, I'll bring up the the high school football state championships. Now you're being put on a center stage for the entire state of Florida and maybe nationally, too, because some of these teams from South Florida are going to come in. And they have nationally ranked players. So you're going to see that FAMU Rattler logo probably on a lot of highlight tapes moving forward. So anytime you can get the orange and green out, you see that Rattler head, uh, that puts them on a national stage. And I think it's it's only win-win. Um, so compared to last year, and again, being ranked in the polls helps. Having national players helps. Having guys doing good things. You talk about Marquise Bell having a heck of a game the other day for the Cowboys. Anytime you have guys, former FAMU Rattlers, um, making headlines in the national media, uh, you're, you're doing well, and that's all positive things for this program. Well said. Rory, we'll end it with you here. What What's your thoughts on the national perception of FAMU and, and uh, FAMU Athletics? I think FAMU, FAMU and FAMU Athletics, two different things. But I think from the athletics department, it is a potpourri basket. I think there are the – look at the coaches from Willie Simmons Tree that have been plucked. So if from – Marshall, where Ralph Street is the defensive line coach. You have um, um, got to join the play. There's a coach at Old Miss. There's a coach. There's uh, Jelani Barras is back at his alma mater at Youngstown State. And and so when you have a lot of coaches that are being assistants that are being plucked and going to higher level, so to speak, jobs, that must mean something at least from the coaches' world standpoint, they're like, okay, they're doing something down there. They're winning. They have the ways we all are in brag. We see how it is, and it's a great show, and they're winning. You have the, the compliance thing. Yes, they've come a long way from that. I do wish, however, the scheduling was a little bit better. I'm, I'm, I'm the long wish. I want the Atlanta Football Classic to come back. I got my Atlanta football freelance writer and just remember how great that game was in Tennessee State's the Ohio Valley Conference. I do want them, I hate that they're playing Lincoln, some school out of Oakland, California. I do wish they were playing for the D2 scheduling every year, rotate around to have either Fort Valley or Albany State. I know they're not the, they may look at that as frowning on it, but just the proximity of that. It's a big money draw. It's a rivalry. Keep that. But yes, I do wish they would play a little bit, have a stronger non-conference schedule. And and please don't play open. I mean, Lincoln anymore. <laughs> uh, can I, can I, add, I want to add one more thing too that, that nobody yeah. mentioned that I think is important. I, uh, Josh Padilla, the SID released that statistic the other day about uh, social media. FAMU was, Correct me if I'm wrong. 16th nationally. I mean, they were ranked above Florida. That says something. That's all you need to know about what this program is doing in the national media when their social media posts are one of the highest in the country. 
that's a good thing. Yes, it is. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys. Um, give the awesome. give the plug. Give the plugs, Allison. Give the plugs. Let people know where they can find you, how they can find you, and we'll go around the horn. Absolutely. So I I'm I work at WCTV. So if you're in town, uh, CBS affiliate and. North Florida, South Georgia, but also on Twitter, you can find me at Allison Posey 14. That's one L. I'm a one L Allison. So A-L-I-S-O-N-P-O-S-E-Y 14. Uh, same handle on Instagram, also on Facebook, uh, Allison Posey on TV. Gerald, GT3, go ahead. Hey, um, fam, you beat right at the Tallahassee Democrat. Um, you can find all my coverage at uh, rattlernews.com or tylassie.com slash fam you or you can just pull up my you can google gerald thomas the third and i'll come up uh social media <laughs> on twitter uh <laughs> social media on twitter uh name three pg the number three the letter p the letter e the letter a the letter t the letter g the letter e the letter e um three pg that's my name on twitter and I don't think I'm ever going to change it from that neither. So, <laughs> never, never, never change it. Never change it. Uh, beautiful. He said, look me up on. All right. I love it. Zach, what do you got? Go ahead. Listen, I guess you can look me up on Google too. I don't know if I'll pop up as much as he will, but listen, um, you can find me uh, Twitter, at, uh, social media at Zach McKinnell. You can follow all my work, FCS Football Central for Sports Illustrated, Fan Nation, and then also on Hero Sports, man, with my guy Sam Herter and all the FCS coverage you want on the Blue Bloods, YouTube, all podcasts, streaming platforms, man. Appreciate y'all having me, though. Hey, congratulations on all the moves you've been making, uh, Zach. Uh, Rory, uh, let people know where they can find your work, man. All right, you can listen to the Rattler Review podcast, All Things Fam U, available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Player FM. Follow me on Instagram at Rattler Review. And I still say Twitter, even though it is X, whatever, at Mary Two, <laughs> at Mary Two Game One with the number two and the number one. Hey, uh, I hope everybody who's watching, listening, you guys in the chat room, Please hit up our guests. Let them know you appreciate them all coming in. Great info by everybody. We love listening. Trust me. We're, we listen to all of your stuff. We glean information from all of it. And I, I love the fact that there's so many different, uh, there's so much more coverage. Trust me. When I started, yeah. got when I got into this back when we were in college and wanting to do this is because it was just the Democrat. And now we've got podcasts. We've got websites. We've got more news stations covering, um, dedicated. I mean, it's, man, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you to all of you for your coverage of, of uh, our beloved university and FAMU. And um, just uh, we're looking forward to a great second half of the season. And uh, who's going to Texas? Who's anybody going to Texas here besides Kelvin? <laughs> all right. So Kelvin's the only one going to Texas. So Joe, I got it. I hold it down for everybody. <laughs> All right, exactly. Just send, your, send everything to uh, Kelvin. Um, thank you guys for your, for your time tonight. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, we will be in touch uh, with you guys. Uh, make sure you guys hit them up on uh, X, Instagram, or wherever they are. Hang in there. We got a little bit more left in the show. We'll be back right after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, 
and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Marcus, Kelvin, you thought we were done. No, not done yet. Three days away before the Rattlers invade Houston and invade Texas, Texas Southern. We're going to talk to one of those one of those guys, not a former Texas Southern football player slash uh, FAMU coach, assistant coach, Coach Jacob Henderson. Coach, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How you doing? Hey, we, we're doing well. We're doing well. Thank you for taking some time to join us tonight. Um, okay, so give us give us a little bit of background um, because you've got a little history with both schools, not only as a former Texas Southern player, but also doing some work with uh, head coach Willie Simmons. Yeah, born and raised in Tallahassee, uh, where I- uh, started my stint at Florida and M University High School and went from Florida and M High School the high. The high. <laughs> uh, to Texas Southern University, um, where I played my collegiate sports. Um, so, you know, this weekend is kind of one of those kind of bitter, you know, you don't really know who to choose, who to root for, but deep inside, you just want both of the institution to do very well. So I have over 21 years of, uh, you know, coaching experience, eight years as a head coach and, you know, kind of understand it from both sides of the, the spectrum. So, you know, Saturday is going to be very interesting to, to, to see who comes out victorious. Um, go, go ahead, Kelvin, before I get into doing some talking about historical numbers and dates and all that stuff, I, I'll toss it over to you first. Yeah, so, Jacob, uh, welcome to the show. <clears throat> I, I want you to kind of talk about uh, 
how you went from FAMU High to Texas Southern and then back to FAMU after your playing days. Talk about that journey. Uh, the, it was a it was a very uh, interesting journey. Um, started out being recruited by FAMU High coming out of uh, FAMU High School. That didn't go pretty well. The offer got rescinded. And so for me, for a while, I had kind of bitter taste. Didn't really want to wear the orange or green. You know, after that, wound up uh, being recruited by Bill Thomas, the late Bill Thomas, uh, to Texas Southern University. Uh, he told us that, uh, well, his his only sale pitch was, we're going to put Florida and them on the schedule. I said, I'm sold. Uh, <laughs> so that's what got got me to Texas Southern because at that time, kind of had a bitter taste for uh, Florida and them University. Uh, pulling a scholarship offer from four of our seniors. And so anybody that played fan you at that point, I was on board. Um, so from there, I came back um, here to Tallahassee. Coach Willie, Willie Simmons wound up getting a head job, and it was like a godsend. But it took a while for me to even put back on the orange and green, even once I was, uh, you know, the video coordinator with him, breaking down, you know, the game film and, and taking care of all of the, uh, you know, um, film prospect sending it to the conference office, you know, those things. So I think it was maybe about the first game before, you know, I put on an orange or green, you know, Coach Simmons told my man, you got to wear, you got to wear some orange or green to practice. So it, it took me a while to ease back in, but he eased me back into that orange or green. So that was, that was the process that uh, pretty much got me back into orange or green. So Jacob, when, when were you at Texas Southern? Give, give me, Give me a little, uh, give us a little background of, because Texas Southern is, um, I, I think right now they probably have more, well, they're more well known for the era when uh, Michael Strahan was there. Uh, Correct. And, and even there was, there was some, there, there was a good history before then. I think we've kind of been, uh, more, more people, uh, modern times have seen the less than 500 winning years and, you know, may think a certain way about Texas Southern, but give us a little background on your time there and, and what, what it was like playing at Texas Southern in that program history. Yeah. So I came out in 96, Michael Strahan was actually our host um, that weekend. Um, being from Tallahassee, I really never been out of Tallahassee too much. So going into Houston was like, uh, I opened, it was like, wow, this is a big city you know, compared to Tallahassee. And so I kind of fell in love immediately. I was like, I'm getting away from home, getting away from everybody. I love it already. Um, but, you know, just being there, um, my years at Texas Southern, it became a family. It was about 14 of us. Oh, I think we, uh -oh, we, yeah, we lost, we lost, uh, we lost coach. So we'll give him a, we'll give him a second to uh, reconnect here. Um, I did want to, I, I wanted to make mention of the, the history, the history. Now it, it was, let me see if he got him. Okay. Hold on. We got him back. Okay. Here we go. All right, coach. We got you back now, Jacob. Hold on. Let's see. We, we don't hear, we don't hear your audio here. Okay. So we'll, yeah, I think sometimes on those first connections, let's see. All right. We got you back yet. Let's see if we can hear your audio. Nope. Are you on mute? No, I don't think he's on mute. I think we Let's try it again here. Still on mute. Try to unmute yourself there. There we go. 
Yeah, okay. we got you. All right. Uh, Mike, All right. So I, I played up on the late Bill Thomas. He was actually from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so he made it a, a very important part of his recruiting process to bring kids from Florida uh, to the Texas area. Um, for, for him, his mindset that he wanted to have a high explosive offense. And so that's what he did when he recruited all of us in the class of 96 from Florida. Okay. Now, mistake. correct me if I'm mistaken, you guys never did actually get fam on the schedule, did you? We never got fam on the schedule, no, sir. Right, okay. I, I'm just checking because, you know, my, my history information that I got from uh, good Dr. Cavill, you know, it's been, it's been since the 68 was the last time that FAMU and Texas Southern Played. That's how long it's been since 1968. Think, no, yeah, I think no. we played in 17. We played, yeah, we played in a um, Mil- Milton, uh, first year. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. So that was okay. So, but okay, so that, but was, we didn't play in Texas since then, yeah. We okay, well, but you said that was part of the MIAC SWAC challenge in 2017. I think so. It was, it was the no, no, it wasn't. It, wasn't, it was a regular it, season, yeah. I know it was early in the season, though, yeah, yeah, it was a regular. It was a it was a game that Milton put together because it was on like a ESPN U or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it was just a regular family home game that uh, they negotiated out of conference. Okay. 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 So so maybe then okay. So prior to the 2017 game, then the only other meetings were that there was a stretch from 58 to 68. Um, okay. Okay. Um, go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead, jump in there with a with a question or two. Yeah, uh, uh, Coach Henderson. It seems like you you have a background breaking down film. So, have you had a chance to break down anything for this game coming up this weekend? Yeah, I, I think, uh, especially seeing the, their performance. Oh, no. oh man, <laughs> you was going to drop some secrets. Oh, oh, Hold on. Okay. Hold on. There you go. Hold on. We might have you now. All right, we got you back. Let me see. Oh, the, the internet is oh. being being unfriendly yeah, tonight. Killing him. Hold on, let's see. All right, let's see. Nope, we don't hear you. Oh, the the te- the, the, the Texas Southern folks, the Texas Southern, <laughs> the Texas didn't didn't the didn't the Texas Bell didn't that whole thing dissolve the communication line, folks? All right, let's see. They, they got a stranglehold on your connection there, Coach. I don't know. We can't hear you. Oh, every time we bring him in, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah, we might have to. Uh, well, hold on. We'll try one more one more time here, Coach. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Coach, if we got you, I don't know. Can we – let's see if we can hold the connection there. We got you. Let's see. Your volume, we, we can't hear you. We'll see. We'll see. Now come back in. There we go. Okay. Fingers crossed. Let's see if we can hold the connection here. All right. We got you now, Coach. All right. Yeah. I, I don't think Texas Southern quarterback play is great. I watched them against Bethune Cookman a little bit. And I don't I don't see them being that dominant team. But I, I do think they're going to fight at home um, because that's what, you know, they teach you in Tiger Pride. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know, know what's the deal, but yeah, we we keep we, we, we got it. All right, I don't think we're gonna be. You may have to. You may yeah. have to text 
Can you text? Can you text yeah. Coach? And let him know we're gonna have to give this another shot when uh when the internet wants to be cooperative with us. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to have him in there uh, a little bit later. Um, what I did find interesting though, the last time that FAMU traveled to Texas Southern, and this I think this actually falls in line with the last time that FAMU played an HBCU in Texas was 1959, November 28th, 1959. Uh, FAMU ranked 14th in the nation at that time, played Texas Southern in what was then, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, the name of the stadium at that time was called Japesson Stadium, which later became, I think, Robertson Stadium, which later became something else, but it's on the campus of the University of Houston is where that campus is, uh, where that stadium is. Uh, and that's where Texas Southern used to play a lot of their games up until the 80s, I believe. Um, so, but anyway, the last time, uh, hold on, I think Coach tried another phone. But, yeah, the last time that FAMU had been out to Texas, 1959. So when I was talking about, you know, friends of mine who whose parents hadn't seen FAMU in Texas for nearly – 50, 60 years, that's how long it's been. So the excitement for FAMU being out there is is high on, on, a, on a major league level. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Coach, we got you. We got. I see you tried a different phone or connection. What do we got? Yeah, I had to get off the desktop, get on the cell phone. Hey, <laughs> we, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Uh, so you, we, Marcus, I think, question had to do with breaking down film, what you've seen, and you were talking about the quarterback play Texas Southern, I think, is on their like what third quarterback right Correct. now. Yeah, Correct. yeah. So I watched them against Fatou Cupman a little bit. They didn't look great, but they did get out the win. So you know, we we, we think about football at the end of the day is getting out with a W. Sometimes it's pretty, sometimes it's ugly. You know, as long as you can get the win. But I do believe they're they're going to fight at home, and it's really going to test FAMU to see how well they play on the road. Um, I know Coach Simmons is going to have those guys prepared. Uh, they're our road tested, and I think this is going to be another big test for them because of the travel and just being in Houston. Uh, one thing about uh, TSU fans, they, they will come out, but, you know, hey, you are in Texas where, you know, the alumni base in, in, in uh, Texas is real big in Rattler Nation. Um, let me ask, continuing on with tendencies that you've seen from Coach Simmons, having – uh, worked alongside him, and what what you've seen. I don't, I don't, I'm a, I don't know how much of this season or how many games you've seen of this season, but share some insights if you can about tendencies of Coach Simmons because we see a lot of the passing this year. The passing, the run ratio is 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 leaning heavy pass, but you know, and everyone wants to run. Everyone wants to see the run more, but but. Give us a little insight, if you can. What's it like working with him? What kind of tendencies? What kind of things does he look for? What kind of what kind of offense does he really, really want? Um, Coach Simmons is a real student of the game. Like he really understands defenses. He's able to dissect defenses. Um, he's pretty much, from what I've seen and been knowing from him, he's pretty much consistent in his offensive system since he's been at FAMU. 
Um, and, and that just goes along the lines of, you know, you put guys in position to make plays, they have to make plays. We look at the other night and, you know, it's easy to be critical of the quarterback because, yet at the end of the day, they do get the stat line. But, you know, there's no stats for how many drop balls receivers make. You know, so there's a lot of balls that are hitting receivers, you know, in the hand. You know, quarterbacks, we want them to be perfect. But, I mean, we, we see at times that quarterbacks are not perfect. You know, and that's when you hope the athleticism of your athletes, you know, are able to make plays for you. All right. Kelvin, what do you got? So, man, how, what are you going to do when you head out of Texas Southern, man? How are you going to dress on, on game day? Is it orange? Is it green? Is it is it what, – what is Texas Southern color? Maroon and gray? Maroon and gray. See, I was confused even coming on the show, so I said I better put on the Rattler. I better put on the Rattler jacket, but, you know, at the end of the day, I still may take it off, and, you know. Just, uh, <laughs> a little bit of the maroon and gray, you know. You know? So, actually, at this point, I have a uh, – a t-shirt probably getting made saying, you know, playing at Texas Southern, graduated from fam. So, you know, that's going to be a very interesting uh <laughs> So if you guys see me out there at the game, you know, it's gonna be awesome show. What what let me ask, what is the what is the obviously they're playing in the uh in the stadium um a shell energy stadium that also serves as the uh, the home for the soccer team out there, you know, uh, about a 18, 19,000 seat stadium. I've always heard that there's a strong desire to have a on-campus stadium. Um, what's your, you obviously played, I don't think when you played, where did, where did you play your home games? So we actually played in the Astrodome, um, okay. the original turf. Well, oh carpet. <laughs> um, you got the your knees. Hey, yeah. still, <laughs> hey, still, still better than what St. Augustine had to practice on. So there you go. So right. So we we actually uh practiced in the old Houston Oilers practice facility uh that wasn't too far from the school, but we played in the Astrodome, is where we played our home game. So when you think about the great rivalries of the Labor Day class against uh TSU and Perry and them, man used to have sixty thousand people there, man, and it was rocking, you know. So I think even as an athlete there, it's nothing like playing on your own campus. It's nothing like, you know, being able to, you know, have your fans tailgate on your school grounds. That just like the ultimate atmosphere to have. So I, I know the desire to be able to have, you know, facility on campus is, is, you know, for them, that's something they want. Now they did renovate um, the stadium that's on campus, but it doesn't hold no more about, you know, eight to ten thousand, maybe eight to ten thousand people, but not seating wise, probably maybe about six thousand. And is that where they? I, I've heard for like homecoming, that's where the homecoming games are. Correct. Home, okay, and then all the other games are played at the uh, where where Saturday's game will be played. Right, which is like a soccer venue. Correct. Right, right. So, so in terms of the atmosphere and support, what can Rattler Nation expect from what they're gonna what they're gonna walk into? Well, I think they're going to walk into an atmosphere to where they're going to have Texas pride. They're going to fight. But, man, don't nobody travel like the Rattlers, though. I have to give them credit. <laughs> the Rattlers travel. They travel. And so I know it's going to be a very um, – it's going to be a great time. And, and, I, and I know I'm going to spend a lot of my time maybe, you know, going to both, you know, 
tailgates. Uh, so I got to bring multiple shirts. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it's, it's going to be a, a great weekend. Hey, hey, coach, is, it, is Coach Simmons going to let you on the sidelines? <laughs> uh, I, I, I would, I would great. <laughs> you got to cover up with that jacket. You have to put the jacket on to cover up with that. And then when right, you walk right. across the other side, just right. go ahead and quickly take it off. Right, right, right. Um, Mark. Marcus, you got any uh, any last questions there for uh, Coach? Uh, yeah, I guess a lot's been made. Uh, of course, I'm watching famu centric stuff, but around Texas Southern, I guess they're two and zero, maybe three and zero coming into this game. I don't remember the win streak, but it seems like they've recovered admirably since uh, Andrew Body uh, went out for the season or, or with the injury. To what do you attribute that to? Um, I, I think any time that you lose any key player, it don't necessarily have to be a star player, but a key player, um, you hope that you create a culture that is the next man up mentality. And if you have a cultural competition where it's the next man up, you know, you're going to have a little fall off, but you just want to be in a system where they compete. And if you get a group of kids that compete for all four quarters for 60 minutes, anything can happen in this game of football. We see it. Week in and week out, you know, you can go to bed if you want to, and then 29 or nothing, you might wake up, you know. So that's a great thing with the transfer reporter. It has changed changed the landscape of the game, you know. So I, I just think FAMU, on, on paper, they have a lot of great depth. And it, it's, it's, you know, that time to see them, you know, rise to the occasion. Thank you. Uh, so, so, so I was going to – no, I was just going to jump and say, I wonder if Coach was going to tell the truth. So I answer that question for, for a coach because he can't say this. Lincoln, California, and BCU. That's what happened. They schedule feels right. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes sometimes you need that to, to save a job. Um, Slump buster. Look, so, 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 look, hey, Marquez, look, look at you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he slid that in, didn't he? Slid that in there, didn't he? Uh, so let me let me bring this last question to you, Coach. Uh, and, you know, you hate to talk about another man's job, but Coach McKinney, this is his fifth year. Uh, he's had about a five-year run. Um, You know, this is the end of a contract. I have not heard anything about contract renewals related to – Coach McKinney, um, what's your evaluation on what you've seen him do over the past five years, and what do you think the future might be for for him in the program? Well, I, I think always in your last contract year um, is the tell-all year. Um, I, I think he has inherited a program um, that was shaky, um, has, hasn't been good since – been a while um, since you can go back to Terrence Woods scientific map days. Um, you know, so when you're, when you're trying to get to that level, is he the guy? I mean, I'm not the one to answer that. That's a be administration type question, but you know, I, I know the fans are hungry, but also the fans got to do a better job of supporting as well. So it's easy to point the fingers, but you know, what are we doing to help support and revenue towards the programs? And do I do want to add this? I haven't been to Texas Southern since I left in 2000, so it's going to be a pretty much an honor to go back and see how the campus changed, the, the city changed, and uh, I'm excited. 
Oh, well, yeah, definitely. If it's been that long, you're you're gonna have a good weekend. Um, uh, bringing up uh, bringing up a lot of good memories. So, uh, what's your prediction, Coach? <laughs> 27 21. Who? Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Damn. I might let you hang out with me some more then. <laughs> hey, look, 27 21. That that's I'm gonna say that's covering expectation for Texas Southern side. And uh so <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. If you're on the te- if you're a Texas Southern backer, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, uh most road games like that, you know, I, I watch fam. They kind of start off slow and get going. So, you know, I just think at home they have the momentum on their side. You know, this is a, you know, a, a great opportunity for them to have a, a stage to be able to show what they're made of. And I think fam going to take a couple of punches early, but I think they're going to rally and they're going to secure the win. All right. All right. Well, hey, we, we appreciate that. Um, let us know. Let people know how they can uh, how they can reach out to you. How they can follow you. Are you active on socials? Yeah, a little bit, but not really. Don't I may not respond to you later. But uh, on X, uh, it's at Jacob Henderson. So you can get at me at Twitter. All right, at Jacob Henderson. Make sure you guys hit him up on X. I like that you're transitioning. You're getting used to calling it X. Some of us are still calling it Twitter, but it's all good. <laughs> Um, so make sure to hit up at Jacob Henderson, let him know. Coach, uh, have a great time going back home to Texas Southern, at least until seven o'clock central time. And then we hope that it's all orange and green for the next three and a half hours. And then go back to go back to enjoying being in Texas at Texas Southern. All right. All right. Hey, thanks for coming on tonight. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, coach. I'll text you Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Find out where you at. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, tech coach uh, Jacob Henderson. Make sure you find him at Jacob Henderson on Twitter. Um, Just to remind everybody, these are what the standings look like right now. Of course, FAMU in sole possession of the East. Uh, Alabama A&M is uh, in second. I think they're tied with Alabama State there. Is that what it says? Yep, two and two. Uh, Jackson State also two and two, but – you know, really, that that Magic City Classic game—that's yes, going to be interesting. It's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. It, it will, and that's all next weekend. So, at the same time that we're playing Prairie View next weekend, who Prairie View's in first place? It, you know, it's funny if Prairie View holds on to being in first place. This will be the second time we played a team that would been in first place in the West, because previously Correct. we played Southern when they were number one in the West. Um, so, yeah, a, a possible elimination game, the Magic City Classic will be, and it could be we get one step closer. I don't know if I do the math right. If I, we beat Prairie View and Alabama State beat Alabama A&M, I think we have it all locked up because we'll have a two-game lead on all the teams in the East that's chasing us. So we would have to lose three conference games, which if we beat Prairie View, we don't have we, we, we don't have three conference games, right? Yeah, so we pretty much have it locked. So we could be celebrating uh, on homecoming, uh, assuming the Magic City Classic goes. And I, I think we, I think our game homecoming is a four o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. I think the Magic City Classic is about the same time, so maybe three o'clock central. So I don't, I you know, it's one of those things where we just kind of wait to see what happens Saturday night. 
All right, here's the game schedule for this weekend. It's a short, uh, only 10, 10, swag, 10 swag teams, four games. Next week, week nine and week 10 are the full schedule weeks. So you'll have six SWAT games, week nine and week 10. Uh, Jackson State at Valley. Uh, you guys, uh, what, where, are you, where are your thoughts? Where are you going on that one? Can Valley pull the upset? I'm not going to predict it, but I'm not going to – is it possible? Yeah, I wouldn't dismiss it. I mean, yeah. they played us tough, and apparently the freshman QB that's played in every game except against us, I mean, that, I think I sent you guys that stuff. That dude was like 6'4", 230, and he played in, in Class 2A in Alabama. It was All-State as a sophomore, junior, and senior, second team as a sophomore junior first team as a senior i didn't see what their record was or in terms of their if they progressed through the playoffs but apparently he got a pretty decent kid at qb and we did not see him i think they played the juco player i want to say jacory jones or someone like i can't remember the qb from valley right but i mean they played us tough and if it weren't for that blocking penalty when um on that interception in the end zone that he ran back for 100 yards, you know, it could have been could have been different. Uh, well, apparently there's also an injury. I think I heard this right to Irv Mulligan for Jackson State. Mm. Who, so, I mean, he he's, of course, in contention for SWAC Offensive Player of the Year, given the numbers yeah. he's putting up. Oh, and yeah. if, he, if he's not playing, uh, that'll be that'll be major. So yeah. this, this could be a closer game than many people – well, Valley played played um Jackson State tough in 2021, the week after we played them. And Jackson State pulled it out, I want to say like third quarter, fourth quarter. So it wasn't yes. like a, a runaway game. So they played in tough back then, even on the previous coaching regime. Now they don't have the same all the same factors we have to deal with because apparently it sounds like Jackson's what two hours south. Because our team actually stayed in Jackson and drove mm-hmm. yes. to Itabina. Where you know, after you know, I guess like a 10 hour trip, so they don't have that travel concern, but just a matter of value and, and, and they have their fans, uh, JSU, it, yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll roll up there, so they don't have all those other factors. But Valley played them tough two years ago, Valley just came off a not giving uh, I think it was UAPB a tail cutting, you know, for homecoming, and so I mean, he. They're probably feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, Alcorn State travels to UAPB. That's on HBCU Go. Uh, you know, I personally, I, I think this is that stage where Alcorn has to prove. I think Alcorn's got a very interesting quarterback who really, if he keeps playing at the level he's playing, he's going to challenge Musa for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, assuming Moose's numbers don't change. And I mean percentage completion rights. Because right now, the kid who's the quarterback at Alcorn, I think his name is Aaron Allen, I think it is. He's looked pretty doggone good. And I think – so I, I don't think this is a trap game for them, but they just need they, – they better go out and win this ball game if they're going to stay in it. And, um, you know, this is the type of game – like last year, that all corner go out and lay an egg on, you know, wasn't it? Wasn't it Valley who beat them last year? Yep. 
out of nowhere. So yeah, you're right. If they're gonna win the West, they need to they need to win this game. Yeah, it, it starts there. Um, Southern and Bethune Cookman. That is in Jacksonville. Yep. Three o'clock Eastern. That is in Jacksonville. Um, obviously, that's that neutral site game. I don't know if the human jukebox is traveling. Uh, that would be. I, I, someone from Southern said that they, they were traveling to all the games this year. So as far as I know, they're supposed to. That would make for an interesting, a really good halftime battle between uh, Bethune's band uh, and uh, the jukebox. So, and and best believe Bethune is going to give Southern a battle. I mean, I, I, Southern's not going to run away with that ball game. So folks in Jacksonville, go check that game out. That, that's a good, that's going to be a good one. And then you can get home after that game and then watch our game, which actually is on ESPNU. Obviously you guys see the graphic there. This was put out by the SWAC. Um, it's been changed from ESPN plus to ESPNU. But if you have ESPN plus, you'll be able to watch it. I think the, the biggest difference is with it being on ESPNU, um, obviously it's connected in through your cable provider. So if you don't have ESPN Plus, I don't know how you're going to watch this game unless you have cable. Brian, quick question. Yeah. Was it this game or was it yeah, a Prairie U game? I think that's I a homecoming game that got moved to the U. Yeah. Not this one. Oh, yes. Thank you for clarifying because I kept seeing people – in the chat room talking about it's moved to ESP. Okay. So, okay. Yes. Thank you for the clarification. Okay. So yeah. Thank you. Next week's game against Prairie View has been moved to ESPNU. This game is on ESPN plus. I would, I was confused. I kept seeing the chatter in the chat room. Uh, I appreciate the clarification. So yes, ESPN plus uh, now special announcement, two special announcements here. One, we are working on, and we are going to do another watch party Saturday. Now, the question is where we're going to do it. The previous site that we did it at, we had some issues with the chat. If that doesn't happen, we will broadcast our chat, uh, our, our live uh, um, watch party. We will do it on our ONG YouTube page. Owen O and G strike zone, just like the Twitter handle, just like just what you see in the top left corner. That's our YouTube page. So go subscribe to our YouTube page. We'll post the notification tomorrow, tomorrow evening and let you know where exactly the watch party will be. Yes. Live video of the game. And then it, it may not, if we do it on our YouTube page, it's not going to cost you but donations and tips are greatly appreciated and welcome. <laughs> I'll just say it like that, just to let y'all know. So uh, come join us Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central, and watch with us as FAMU travels into Houston to take on Texas Southern. Uh, so hopefully all you guys will be able to do that. Um, one last announcement. The website. Mike Reed has uh, been generous enough. And he tells me, let me see, do I still have the website here? I do. Justlookingout.com. Mike Reed has a very limited number 
of homecoming tickets for if you are watching this show. If you are watching this show right now, you have probably about 30 minutes to go to justlookingout.com, contact Mike Reed, let him know you're interested. You heard about this opportunity to purchase homecoming tickets on the ONG Strike Zone. This is a limited time offer. There are only so many tickets left. I'm not even going to tell you how many. Just know it's a limited number. I'm not even going to tell you the price, to be fair to the market. Just know it's a better deal than what you're going to get out there on the other markets, on the third third uh, third party markets. So just looking out.com, find the contact information. Mike Reed, you can find him on uh, his information is right there on. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I if I pull it up real quick, because I know he always posts it. He'll be mad uh, be in the chat. Yeah, it's in the chat. Mike, is it in the chat? Are you in the chat, Mike? If you're in the chat, let people know how they can how they can hit you up. I don't, you know, I know you can text him. Um, you can you can hit him up. Uh, Mike is in the chat. Mike might be in the chat. I think he is, but uh, he's got a limited number of tickets. Uh, let him know you heard about it on the ONG Strike Zone. And uh, no, it's not free tickets, <laughs> El Hombre. No, it's not free tickets. No, no, sir. I'm not offering. We're not telling you it's free tickets, but they are tickets that you can purchase from Mike Reed for homecoming. Okay. I, I want to make sure we're very clear about that. All right. Let's end the show here. Bold predictions. Marcus, what's your bold prediction for Saturday? You know, I haven't looked at, at Texas Southern. I haven't looked at Texas Southern's defense. But my understanding from Coach Simmons, they play a 3-2-6. So I'm going to say we get 150 yards rushing. I'm going to put out on a limb. I know we say we weren't doing any more uh, <laughs> <laughs> rushing, but I'm just good. 150 yards rushing. Two TDs. Oh, no, 150 and two touchdowns. Yep. All right. Kelvin, what's your bold prediction? If we're going to be the team that we think we're going to be in the second half, we got to have a better running performance. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to put this game on our passing game. Uh, for us to be on the road. So I'm, I'm going to predict a 40-plus points i predict we're going we're going to score more than 40 and i agree with marcus i'm gonna do something i said i wouldn't do the rest of the year just for this game 100 yard rusher <laughs> oh 100 yard rusher okay yeah. uh, a a single person to rush over 100 yards yes holy cow you have got to be kidding bold predictions man Yes, they are bold predictions. If I'm gonna get, if, we, if we're gonna get forty points, we're gonna need a hundred yard rusher. You might be right about that. Um, FAMU has held a po- an opponent to ten points or less four times this season. Four of the six games, ten or under. I want to predict a shutout. Hmm. I'm I'm going to say under seven points allowed so i'm giving maybe i'm giving texas southern one maybe two field goals 
I'm saying under seven. I saw what we did to Southern. I mean, just think. What we did to Southern was unreal. And the fact that Southern got 19 points is crazy to me. When you go and look at statistically what we did to Southern, two of 11 on third down, the amount of yardage we held them to, and the fact that they still got 19 points, Texas Southern is not Southern. They are at Alabama State. I mean, I'll, they got 30-something to go against Bethune because it's Bethune. All right, let's keep it real. <laughs> I, I, I want to predict a shutout, but I'm just going to slide to the under seven. Under seven and and FAMU covers expectation. I'm praying it's not a high number, but I think FAMU covers expectation, which is odd. It's rare. We rarely do it, but I think this is this is the good week to do it on. All right. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Got to thank our guest. Uh, of course, you heard uh, Jacob, Coach Jacob Henderson a little bit earlier, but we also got to thank uh, Zach McKinnell uh, of FCS Football Central and the Blue Bloods FCS, Gerald Thomas the Third, Tallahassee Democrat, Allison Posey of WCTV, and Rory Chirac, the Rattler Review podcast, and uh, Chirac Media Group. We thank them for being a part of our roundtable. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys will send them a little notification, letting them know you appreciate their info and coming on and talking to us. Um, we appreciate all of you for watching our shows. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Share the show. If everyone would just do me a favor, share it with three new friends. Find three new friends, girlfriends, guy friends, neighbors, Young Rattlers, old Rattlers, three new people. Find three new people to share the show with, um, whether it be the podcast, the YouTube feed, Facebook page. Just share it. We appreciate the love and support. Be looking out for the announcement regarding Saturday's watch party on our YouTube channel, and that's going to do it. So for Marcus Green and Kelvin Rozier, I'm Brian Fulford. Uh, Kelvin's in Texas, so when you see Kelvin in Texas, make sure you give him a shout-out. Take a picture with him uh, so that he can post it, and uh, we'll post all the pictures. Make sure to tag at ONG Strike Zone whenever you see him with the big with the big Texas hat and the snakeskin boots on. That'll be <laughs> that'll be Kelvin Rozier that you see. Howdy, people! <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that's beautiful. I love it. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you, everybody. Good night. God bless. Be safe. Rattlers, travel safe to Texas. And let's make sure when we get out there, let them know how we strike and strike. What's up, Dale? And strike again. All right. We out. All right, man. When I can find the button. All right, there we go. We're out. <laughs>